Previously on AFTN. Hashtag uh, white caps of the decade. It's a big hashtag. Caps of the decade. Caps of the decade. You got to choose one. Caps of the deck. Make it short. Oh, yeah. You know the kids like stuff short. The kids. Hashtag AIDS. What kids are listening to this? Lots of kids listen to this. Oh, sorry. I'm sure. That's why This this episode is not explicit. Hashtag COD. Caps of the decade. That would be COTD. Oh, damn it. Nobody includes D. COTD is better. Caps of decade. COD. Okay, hashtag COD. No. We'll maybe get some more Grimsby fans getting in touch with us. Hey, hey, everybody, or should that be ho, ho, ho? Welcome to another episode of the AFTN Soccer Show, There's Still Time, on CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pender. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhower. Did you forget your name there? No, just a nice pause. You, you like a pause? Which is surprising because you don't like dogs very much. <laughs> Classic Michael. Hmm. If you are listening to tonight's show in the podcast, this is episode 369. We will have a song to remind you of that to kick off the next part of the show. But yes, we are into the month of December. It's a festive month. There's going to be lots of fun, laughter, Christmas songs... We've already got so much of our Christmas show in the bag. Started recording that in September, so that's good. It's been a a pretty quiet week, really, in the world of Whitecaps, Major League Soccer, Canadian Premier League Soccer, and all that kind of stuff. So that's given me the chance for tonight's show to do something I I thought about a a few months ago that I wanted to try. So I thought we'd keep this for the off-season. We're going to try a kind of new format for the show tonight. It's kind of combining... I mean, we started off there in the intro playing a little bit from last week's show where I said, like, the kids love it, and Zach's like, kids don't listen to this show. So I thought, you know, I kind of took that on board. Maybe our 1979 stuff isn't hitting home with the kids as much as it should. So I've decided to go a little bit further back to the 1960s and a little bit further forward to the kind of 2010s. What we're going to do in tonight's show is we're doing a format where we're going to work our way through the week from Monday to Sunday, 
Kind of combining the 1960s BBC satirical show, that was the week that was, and an English comedian that I love, Richard Herring, he had a show called As It Occurs To Me, A.I. Ottima, A.I. Ottima, you have to say that if you say A.I. Ottima, A.I. Ottima. So we're going to combine all that, and we're going to call this, That Was The Week That Was. That was the week that was, it's over, let it go. That was the week that was, it started way above par, finished way below. That was the week that was. Who would have thought 2019, Millicent Martin would be big with the kids at UBC listening to this in their dorm rooms? Probably no one. Probably no kids in their dorm rooms listening to this. If you are, send us a tweet. I think they were were expecting trance music. Possibly. Anyway, that was the week that was. And of course, in most cultures, proper cultures, the week kicks off with Monday. So, Sunday? What are you talking about? A week starts on Monday. No, Sunday. The work week. Work week. A week starts on Monday. No. The real first day of the week is Sunday. First day of the week is Monday. No, where? Everywhere. No. Check your calendars again. UK, the first week, uh, first day of the week is a Monday. Yeah, you're not in the UK anymore. Didn't God rest on the uh, on the seventh day? And yeah. That would be Sunday? No, the Sabbath is Saturday. Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. Cri- Christ- Christians changed their gathering to the first day of the week to celebrate okay. his resurrection. Here's a question for you. What days make up the weekend? Yeah. Saturday and Sunday. Weekend. I yeah, rest sun- my case. Sunday is still the first day of the week. No, Monday. And Googled by Steve when it's the first day of the week and Monday comes up. Zach, wrong again. <laughs> White Cat's front office will be loving this. <laughs> Discredits everything he's now said about them, I feel, but there we go. Anyway, first day of the week, Monday. If so you, If you go on all your calendars and everything, yeah, you'll no, see. No, he goes by calendars. It's 2019, <laughs> No, like man. on your modern technology on your phone, <laughs> what day is the first day of the week? Monday. No, no, it's Sunday. Well, who would have thought our two-hour show would be debating this? <laughs> but we are now going to do this. And the Gregorian times, no. But our week, it makes sense to start on Monday because yeah. we're a Sunday to Sunday show. Yes. First day of the week to first day of the week. Let's go with that then. <laughs> but also weekend is a Saturday and a Sunday. So, Monday. I was tired when I got home after last week's show, so I decided to wait until Monday morning to edit and guess last, get last week's episode up and out to the masses wanting to listen to it. But then because of that, I kind of set myself up a race against the clock because I was trying to get it all done before the end of year waiver process started at noon. And I thought, we're going to have to get it out. We talked about the end of year waiver draft. If we don't get the podcast out before then, all these drafts are going to happen <laughs> and everything that we said last week is going to be absolutely pointless. Okay, maybe that was more hope than expectation, and maybe to the surprise of no one, the White Caps passed in in that draft, meaning we still did not have a new White Caps edition that we keep waiting for to talk on on the show. But don't worry, there was other drafts coming up last week. I'm, I'm sure we made our big moves then. Okay, let's talk about it. You're not panicking, obviously, right? Oh, no. You're no, sensible. No. I just want something to happen. I, I haven't had a good sense. Are people panicking? Is anyone? I, Actually, I, no. I don't, I've seen a few joke comments. Yeah, there, I don't but... I don't genuinely think people are because the, the guy kind of guys that's up in the end of the year waiver draft is not the kind of guys that you really 
are going to be building a, a, a team around. So I don't think anyone is caring about that. Same with the free agency and the, the re-entry process. These are not really the kind of guys that's too, too important. It's more, it would just be nice to have some yeah. new players to delve right. into. New players to ask about chocolate digestives. But it's good that no one's panicking. or I, From what I've seen, no one's panicking. I think once we get into January, in the build-up to the pre-season camp getting underway and the season ticket deadline on January 30th, there might be a little bit of panic oh, well, start that, to sit in I'm, there. Yeah, and that's natural because not only do you have the Europe or most of the world's windows uh, window opening in terms of transfer and stuff, but you also have. But were they open on a Monday or a Sunday? Uh, well, they're open on January oh, January first. So, uh, but no. But the other thing is, then you also have the scenario where, and not as just as that window opening, but if you're looking long term and wanting to announce things for, like, if you're, the, if you're Vancouver and you want to announce things before the end of the month or whatever. Um, you can all, it's also the, the time where those who are out of contract in June, cause six months before you're out of contract, you can sign a pre-contract mm. with someone. So it's, that's also there, there could the have time been that some guys that Mark DeSantis has signed some pre contracts that we don't with, yeah. know. Yeah. Well, no, that's the thing you can't, I don't think legally you can sign a pre-contract until that six months is if you have an existing contract, mm. assuming it's from you know, going to the end of June. Hey, it's MLS. Anything goes. So I'm talking about players not in MLS, obviously. Yeah. Or not in North America. The Whitecaps may not have been busy in the end-of-year waiver process, but four players were selected in the end. The standout pick was probably the very first one. FC Cincinnati, FC Cincinnati got that first pick. They went for Philadelphia midfielder Harris Medjidonin. I thought you were going to make Steve say that. Uh, I should have. I say standout because he's 34 years old, but he played every minute for Philly this past season. He was kind of like a key midfield cog, the kind of key cog that the Whitecaps needed in the midfield. Now, I'm not saying we would have gone for him with the second pick because he's 34 years old and he he's a bit old, but he had 11 assists last season. He was, he's probably... I think the kind of player that MDS was hoping Johnny Risi would be. Hmm. What he did for Philly is what I think MDS wanted Risi to do for the Whitecaps. His age and his salary of 595, I'm not quite sure what is attractive for Cincinnati in that. I know they're trying to rebuild, but do you rebuild around a 34-year-old in the midfield? That... Yeah, the the age doesn't seem doesn't seem like a fit for sure. But I think Cincinnati's at a bit of a place where they're just trying. They, they, I think they need to get some, like like Vancouver, they need to get some solid MLS players. Or, or sorry, some players with solid MLS experience and who are solid footballers. Yeah, so I, think I mean he is, and he, he was a he's a good player, and he's a kind of midfielder you do feel he's probably got still a quite a, a good couple of years left in his legs. It's the kind of guy we need in a midfield, someone that can stamp authority on it, and someone that can give you eleven assists in the year would be would be pretty nice as well. If we're talking about Johnny Risi, I mean, his future, it's still a really interesting one for me because he doesn't seem like he fits in, but we haven't just let him go. We might be waiting, I guess, for the European window to open in January to, to send him back to Europe, do a trade or transfer or to, to over in Europe or yet even a loan. He doesn't seem... To fit MLS, as we've talked about this, just he's quite slow. He likes too much time on the ball. He's got the skills. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I think is frustrating. And I don't think he can suddenly 
get used to the pace. Yeah, I think when you combine those things you just talked about in terms of what what it was very apparent for everyone to see in terms of that, uh, the the pace of the game was, was not suiting to him and his desire for longer on the ball, obviously not also not good for him. And when you combine that with the not super cryptic public comments of MDS throughout the year about yeah. about certain players and certain uh, what they're used to and what this is not, it was hard not to see that those comments as about John Arise without naming yeah. him. I think he was actually asked. It was either on Fine Lines or it was on TSN. He was asked specifically about Arise and his future at the club, and it wasn't positive yeah. vibes that, that you were getting back from that. Do, do you see him fitting in though with another MLS team? Or is is a move back to Europe the best thing for him? I think there's been a lot of times with players in Vancouver where you thought, oh, when they leave, they'll go and do something or at least make some contribution. Uh, I, not that it couldn't happen, but I, based on those things we just said, I, I can't see it happening because mm-hmm. he he he's not like slow, slow, but he's he's just not quick enough, right? And it's not when you say that you think, oh, like it's a negative against him. The the North the the MLS game is frenetic. Yeah. Right, it, it's, and that's more maybe a knock against the MLS game than than yeah. it is against maybe a Rise. But well, it's like, very much like the Scottish game because it's a hundred miles an hour. Exactly, and you lose all skill. Exa- in a exactly, that it doesn't it doesn't lean towards the skill yeah. skill players having and time he, on the ball. He's got skill and he's got a totally. great football brain. Totally. And when MDS sat down with us at the start of the year and he was showing us the videos and he's like, "This is where I see uh, Rise playing and being involved in all these triangles going up and down the pitch." It just didn't work out. Maybe a season under his belt, some rest. We're going to see a revitalized guy, but he does feel like one of the guys. It does feel like he's. He will be very revitalized in Spain. Yeah. <laughs> Tuesday, the bold and the beautiful of the Canadian Premier League gathered in Toronto on Tuesday morning. So you were there. Well, I couldn't Good make it. A few other folk couldn't make it. There were some pre-recorded video messages, right. which for an awards ceremony always feels a little bit of a of a letdown. The fact that they did it Tuesday morning feels like a little yeah, weird. Yeah, because we talked about it on last week's show, and I said, oh, Tuesday evening, blah, blah, blah. And then when I saw it, it was Tuesday morning. I was like, that's... It reminds me of like, uh, like, uh, like in your grad year when you have the teachers make you pancakes in the morning or something late in the year or <laughs> something like that. That's what it seemed like to me. I don't know. What year did you graduate? 94. Okay. It was 90. the right year. Oh. Because you graduated? <laughs> No, because the Canucks had a riot. The oh. fans had a riot. That was the first there, one. There was another riot before the one that I know of. There was one in the nineties as well. The, that's the one, ninety four. Oh, that's what I'm saying. That's like, I did yeah. not. I genuinely did not know that. Oh, okay. Oh, you didn't know? Oh. No, I knew there was the one at the Boston loss. Well, no, the ninety four was a riot too. After that, it that wasn't w- as big. That's why they. That's why to some. I, sorry, I, I, my my commentary might be wrong in this, or my understanding might be wrong in this. I just live in the valley. <laughs> but where that, they all probably came from. <laughs> That uh, um, that's why some people I think were a little bit thrown off by what happened in 2011 because it wasn't like you didn't know what might happen. Ah. It was like this has happened before. It felt I think for some people it felt like some, yeah, but some they, part, they also more- they also what screwed them up was because the Olympics ended up so nicely mm. that they didn't think that was going to happen again. Uh, so that's why they were. Uh, maybe I did hear about it at the time. I just have, forgotten. Yeah. But wow. Oh, it's probably a, good, probably a good job then that the Whitecaps don't make the MLS Cup because if we were to lose that, this city would be burnt to the ground. <laughs> Raised. We'd have to build it all again. Oh. Ah, does glass burn? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> back to the CPL Awards. It was the inaugural end-off season CPL Awards. We nailed yep. all four winners. I was quite pleased about that. Well, we call them correctly, yeah. Tristan Borges. 
Hat-trick. rightly won the hat trick. Yeah. Best under twenty one player, player of the year, golden boot. Marco Carducci won the goalkeeper of the year. I'm not going to call it golden glove. Goalkeeper <laughs> of the year on video screen, accepting his thing. He was one of the guys that didn't make it. And our favourite, Tommy Wilden Jr., deservedly picking up two awards, Coach of the Year and Silkiest Hair. I think he definitely deserved both of that. Now, was this, Jeff wasn't in was this voted on before the finals or after, before the, uh, the yeah the finals? Because there's no playoffs. They didn't let Michael vote. I didn't get to vote. Oh, I know. Maybe, I'm just maybe wondering. Maybe they sent something out. No, I fell other, off the mailing list for a while, apparently. Uh, other leagues, because they have the... You hug too many people? Possibly. The, other leagues, they have playoff awards. So they usually, uh, uh, you know, they vote on regular... There's regular season awards and the playoff awards. So this one, I wasn't sure if there was... It might be after, because they did count the golden boot right into the playoffs. Oh, there you and, go. And championship yeah. game as well, which is a bit unusual yeah, when you look at MLS, but I quite like it because it should be for the whole season. But that, that's just my thinking. I, I, I'm trying to think what they do like in, in Germany with like the relegation players. I don't think those count towards league. I don't think they probably do in England either, but I'm mm, not sure. It was a nice end uh, to an enjoyable season. Bit of razzmatazz. Be nice if they had it here one year. Let's start the Vancouver. We'd, well, we'd have got a bigger crowd out for it, I think, if they had the CPL awards here. Well, the headquarters are over in Toronto, right? No, maybe they should move those here as well. Maybe John Herdman will be pushing for that. He should. <laughs> Put it in South, South Surrey. <laughs> Tristan Borges, just I mean, he had a strong year. And the big question to him afterwards as well was, where does your future lie? Because he's been a guy, a year ago, he was playing amateur football. He did have a spell over in Holland, I think with an under-19 side for, for a bit. Um, and he's come and he's he's torn up this league. So a question for you guys, is that testament to a player taking his chance, being overlooked and his quality maybe not being appreciated before? Or is it more that a guy like that can come into the league and tear it up so the league maybe isn't as strong as folk are thinking quality-wise? Well, so I, one thing, I, th- I think what I heard about his time over over in Europe was that it was one of those kind of classic situations that a lot of Canadians have faced in their time where you coming in to a dominant football culture, you're the outsider, and it's, it's, it's very hard for you to make the breakthrough because not only do you just have to be good, but you have to kind of like be better than the local kids kind of thing, the local the local guys you're up against, which is not normal in most places in the world when it comes to sports, I think, uh, especially in football, it seems like. Um, so I think that was one of the things where he just, he felt like he didn't get enough opportunity there. So then he, oh, then he came back. I, I might be wrong, but that's yeah, what I thought that, I heard that about that. Yeah, but that is the that. common thing. I, I, I won't say what game, because I don't want to maybe identify the player, but... I was at a VMSL game over the weekend and there was a parent talking to another parent on the sideline. So I I like to listen in to to these conversations. Solid reporting. Yeah. (laughs) She was talking about her son had been over in Italy and was getting a good chance. Coach had brought him over, blah, blah, blah. But then the coach got sacked. So this new coach came in that knew nothing about this kid. And he didn't get his chance and he didn't get any minutes. He fell and then he's come Many Canadians have faced that. That, that. A coach might see him and go, oh, I love this guy. And then the coach goes, all his coaching staff go, and it's like, why have we got a Canadian kid here? Yeah. And, you know who hmm. we know a player who hasn't faced that. Yeah, uh, Alfonso <laughs> Davies. But we'll talk about it more later in the week. Hmm. Um, but uh, I don't think this 
sorry, the, sort of the negative light you were you were saying. Do, do we see this through? I don't see this as a negative towards the the quality of the league because again, I'm just throwing that. No, I'm I know. Not saying no, no, I, I know. I, I know. That, I know. You were, yeah, you, yeah. You were saying is this a way we could view this? I don't think so. In, in part. Just because it was the first year of the league, and we really, as much as we had hopes and aspirations, and were you know hoping against it being you know lower than what we hoped, and what, I, I, no one really knew what it was going to be like, right? Yeah. And so to say like, oh, you know, he was great, but the quality was not, therefore, not that good. I think is you can't really say that in the first year of a league. No, and the thing is, for me, it's uh, I think uh, I think it's more to show that. That what this league is made for to give people an opportunity that didn't have it. I don't know if yeah. they're lacking it. Yeah, and that's the most important part. Guys. And there's going to be guys, we've talked about this before, that develop at different times. There's going to be guys that's come through the Whitecap system that maybe didn't look good here and then they're a bit older, more mature, and then they start to to shine in something like, like the CPL. That's why I think too, Steve, because I agree with you, this is a, a, a bright light for the league, not just because they had someone do well. Like, you know, they didn't have like all guys, like all their top goal scorers were on eight or nine goals or whatever, right? They had some guys who really excelled. Uh, that's uh, From a league side, from a, a club side at Forge, you got to also be thinking of, they are very conscious about how, if and when and how he does move on. Because yeah, is it good if it happens right away? Or is it better for him maybe to, from their perspective, for him to wait and go for more, like have a second year of, of, of uh, performing well and move on for something greater, which l- maybe long-term is better for them? You know what I mean? Like I think all those things are being, oh, yeah. being weighed the, up from a club the side. The Whitecaps have been linked to him, but I don't know how seriously linked or if it's just like internet talk. Yeah. But he is a guy, it'd be interesting to see how he did at MLS. But if he comes to the Whitecaps, he's not going to be probably starting regularly either. Well, he's definitely not going to be guaranteed any, yeah. any kind so, of starting. Because you're going to imagine you're going to bring in a top striker and stuff like that. But with his performance, and you've had call-ups to, to the senior team for Marco Carducci, Dominic Zator... Amir Didich. I'm curious to see what players are going to move on to, to bigger and better things. And MDS did mention that there was a couple of players catching his eye. Borges could be one of them. Dominic Zator could be a guy that they might be interested in bringing back at some point. He has just signed an extension yeah, he was to, so... to Cavalry, I saw, for 2020, yeah. which is good. Get him locked up. If yeah. someone does come in for him, you're going to make a bit of money. So... Uh, that shows the quality of the league as well. But I, I I do feel the attacking side of the league was stronger this year than the defensive side. There were some big holes with teams defensively. Oh, Which is course. a theme in North yeah. America. Yeah. yeah. And we do need to develop better defensive talent. Not long after the awards finished, the Whitecaps, I mean, we're talking about them being interested in possible CPL players. They announced a trade. Is this the trade we were waiting for? No. Johnny Russell did not come. Acquiring a natural second round selection in the 2022 MLS Super Draft and the 25th overall selection in the 2019 MLS re-entry process, stage one, from Nashville, is what that trade was. In exchange, we gave up the second overall selection in the 2019 re-entry process, stage one. It's a big mouthful. 
So not an exciting trade. So That's that very MS, MLS trade. It was uh, MLS. The MLS, especially part of it, is the natural second round selection. It's like what? The, why do you have to say just say second round selection? I know. No, it's, they're saying natural because it means their own the club. Yeah. So just say Nashville second round selection. You don't have to say that. Like, but Nashville might have more than one pick. Yeah, and then yeah, you say played in trades. Then you say Charlotte selection through Nashville. That's how you say yeah. it. You don't natural seems weird. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's complete MLS. Uh, trade it's just but, but all this, what that? I mean, if you break through the, the all the words there, what they're but that's basically saying is the Whitecaps' intention is to not take anyone yeah. in the yeah. ra- in the phase one of yeah. the well, they, yeah, and they pass, and they, they can't turn the this into one. fifty thousand gam because the second round pick at that time might be fifty, but who knows? Nashville though it, did use their pick to take Eric Miller, who was a guy I right, said in last we week's about. show that I wouldn't mind having here because he can play left-back and right-back. Yeah. It would be ideal full-back cover. Whether Nashville are seeing him as a starter, I guess we don't know, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out over the next season. A couple of hours later, though, I got a lovely tweet from Zach asking me what time it was. Now, for me, it was lunchtime because I was just going on, on my lunch break. Which was late. Yeah. I like, like to take, I like to take a late lunch because then the afternoon at work's really short. Yeah. Plus, it's a busy time when I go, so then it leaves the other lady to do all the work. So it's like win-win situation. I, I kind of thought, though, that, that you weren't interested in what my eating habits were. No. Although a Montreal smoked meat turkey sandwich was the answer, if you were. If you anyone, love Montreal, don't you? I, I love my smoked meat from there. What can I say? Turkey, chicken, beef, whatever. Yeah, it's beef. That, it's beef. That, yeah, yeah, it's, it's beef. The traditional. Yeah. So I realised with your tweet though, there had to be some kind of football on, and it turned out it was Champions League. Little did I know at the time though, that it was a historic night of Champions League action. It was the first time that two Canadians had faced oh, each yeah, other sure. in the yeah, group yeah. stages. Yeah. One of them was perhaps wishing he wasn't on the pitch. <laughs> Uh, but he's st- actually he still played well. well. I didn't see the game. I no. have no idea. So I, I didn't see all the games. Red Star Belgrade, as yeah. I will call them, because I can pronounce that. Yeah. Hosting Bayern Munich, as I will call them, because I can pronounce that. <laughs> Two Canadians, Alfonso Davies, Milan Borjan, going head to head. Milan letting six goals. Alfonso didn't score any, but I didn't check to see if he got any assists. Did he get any assists? Oh, uh, that I can't remember. Uh, he, I mean, he got he was involved in helping clean sheet because again he was playing left back with I believe Alaba next to him, again. Interesting. Um, but he uh, a clean sheet five goal uh, six goals. It ended up being, or when I met it was five nil. Ended up being six nil. Uh, four for Lewandowski in fourteen minutes. In yeah, the second future half. white cap Lewandowski. Yeah, that's not happening. I I I've set my heart on yeah, us getting him. That's not happening. Axel Schuster will pull his yeah. little German strings De- and definitely not happening. No. No, he wants to come to MLS. Yeah, but not. He, I don't see him going to a place where he's playing, playing on not real grass. Ah. Um, and he's also like a businessman. He owns like a uh, a chain, uh, like a fast food chain, I think, in Poland or something. I could see him trying to bring that to maybe America in a small, smaller scale. Maybe yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know. That's just my. I don't know if there's a big Polish population well, in Vancouver no, either. There but... isn't, but like places like Chicago or. Ah. But um, uh. So that was that was huge, uh, but no, all the things uh, I didn't get to see the whole game because of work, obviously. But uh, the parts I saw, and then some of the reports I read, some of the comments I read, were that the game would have been even a bigger disaster for Red Star if it wasn't for Milan. Borian. Yeah, well, that's, that's good. Last thing for Tuesday, it's an interesting article that I saw 
on a website that's been going for all season, but Tuesday was actually the first day of me actually seeing it or paying attention to it. So on a site called 538, it's Nate Silver, where he ranked 629 football teams from around the world. And he's been doing that all season with results and various things. It's an ongoing project. And for anyone that's unfamiliar with the site, the official blurb for it says it, it uses statistical analysis and hard numbers to tell compelling stories about elections, politics, science, sport, loads of things. So this article uses something called the Sporting Power Index ratings and match performances to rank teams from around the world. I don't know how scientific it is in the grand scheme of things, but the Whitecaps are ranked 514th out of 629 teams. And it said we had gone up a place. <laughs> I don't know if that was Axel Schuster's appointment that put us up a place. I don't know. And where's Bayern Munich on that list? They're pretty high. They're number two. Yeah. Man City's number one. Liverpool's number three. But 514 gives us something to work from. Only 489 places to go to get in the top 25 in the world. <laughs> I think we can do it. I'll ask Axel that. That'll be one of my questions. Can we get a 489 place jump? You, you just say some, uh, a person who was in a role similar to yours in the past <laughs> once said that Vancouver needs to aim to be in the top 25. Or oh, we'll, we'll be yeah, I'll say... Do you want to give us a number where we should yeah, be? Yes, where do you okay, think realistic? Well, yeah, then we'll use him to beat that for the but, next but few you years. You can't laugh while you're asking. No, I'll try not to. You can't smile, big smile while you're asking. But I, I don't know how much you can really put into this, because there's USL teams ranked above the Whitecaps, for example, and teams in English League One. Man City, Bayern, Liverpool's the top three. LAFC are the highest MLS team at 132. And then it's a big drop down to Atlanta at 216. NYCFC's third at 227, but then you have Philly in at 236, which might raise a few eyebrows. Ahead of TFC. The yeah. best Canadian team is TFC, 241st. Where's so, where specific on there? They did not, there's no CPL oh, teams Derek. in the top 629, and his wife did not mention make mention either. Oh, I looked for that. Zala Sounders, the MLS champions. Oh, I didn't look for them actually, but they're, they're somewhere between 241 and 500 okay. and, 14. and 14. So I think. Despite what Garber says about MLS being a top 10 league in the world, I think that they've got a long way to go. But that was Tuesday. We'll be back looking at Wednesday after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Three six nine by Buscox. 
here on the AFTN Soccer Show and CITR Radio. You're not wearing one of their shirts? No, I should have actually. I've got my Orgasm Addict shirt uh-huh. and Harmony in my head. <laughs> I'll wear Orgasm Addict next week for you. No, that's okay. Really, no need. I've s- seeing it once is, was enough. Mm. But we're playing that for a couple of reasons. One, this is episode 369. And the other reason, of course, sad. This is coming up for the one-year anniversary of the death of the late, great lead singer of the Buzzcocks, Pete Shelley. My all-time favourite band. Had the pleasure of meeting Pete Shelley a couple of times and seen the Buzzcocks so many times over the years. Friday is the one-year anniversary of his death. Still can't believe he's gone. Just find out, though, that the one remaining member, original member of the Buzzcocks that's in the band is still touring the band. And to me, that's not right. Because it's a four-piece band. It's going to be two guys that, to be fair, have been in the Buzzcocks longer now than the original members had been in it. But still just one original member. So I, I don't think... Does that make it the Buzzcocks? Like, if a band had four members originally and only one still touring it, is that still the band? No, it's not still the band, but you can you can use the mm. name if you want Because I, I got my tickets to go and see the Monkeys next year, or the remaining Monkeys. Yeah, there's only two, right? Yeah, Mickey Dolans and Mike Nesmith, which I'm very excited about because I've never seen Mike Nesmith live. So Me either. No, no. And Steve's a big Monkeys fan. I am. Yes, he is. I haven't He's seen huge. any of them live, though. You love that TV show, right? Get a ticket, yeah. come with me. It should be good. When is it? Sometime in April. It's yeah. a Friday night. It should be fine. I took a gamble. The White Caps aren't going like, to be playing. Is it GA? Yes. Okay. It's at the Commodore. So it should Get be good. Mm. What day is that again? It's going to be on a Friday. Oh. Sometime in April. Can't be more specific than that. The sixth day of the week, yeah. No, the fifth. <laughs> but now it's time, funnily enough, to talk about the third day of the week. Wednesday. Now... There's not exactly been a flurry of transfer activity to talk about this week, which is part of the reason that we're we're doing this. That was the week that was AI Automa, AI Automa combined show. There's been a few rumours swirling around, just none really Whitecaps related. One club, though, that did make a big move was Colorado Rapids, our Western Conference rivals. They brought back former captain Drew Moore in the free agency. Moore spent seven and a half years with the Rapids, winning the MLS Cup with them in 2010, moved to TFC for a couple of seasons, won an MLS Cup there, but now he's back in Colorado. And for me, I think that is a good key defensive addition for them. He's he's a good player, still got some legs left. He's, I don't want to go all Freddie Montero, but he's a legend, I guess, at Colorado. And he's been welcomed back, it feels, with open arms. But I think it was a good addition for them. Yeah, I mean, as you listen to people talk in the TFC community, they talk about how he fell to, I think, third or fourth in their their depth chart this year. That's why he didn't see the time he would, uh, you know, he had in the past, especially in their playoff playoffs. I heard some people talking about, I know his age and some injuries and stuff have, have, have caught up to him a little bit. I heard some people talking about that he would be below Chris Mavinga, which... I would think he'd at least be battling with Chris Mavinga because Mavinga... He didn't have a good MLS Cup, as we talked about. He's one of those guys, yeah, he either plays... He's, it feels like he either plays great or has a shocker. And so so you'd think he'd be able to battle that guy, but it makes sense for him and, you know, happy for him. You saw his 
his post, uh, you know, connecting with TFC fans and the city of Toronto and thanking them for his time there. And all. So it's a positive departure. Like, I don't think anyone's like hating him as he goes or yeah. disappointed with him or what. Like, it was, it was like the best time in his career, really. Um, and, and then he gets to go to somewhere else where we've had some other massive moments in his career. And so I think it's a, a positive thing. It cost the job of a former Thunderbeat chill, though. Oh, yes. Axel Schulberg. Schulberg has moved on. And now he is a guy that a couple of years ago, I would have liked him here. But he seemed to have gone on a very downward trajectory. And he did not have a good game against the Whitecaps of BC Place this season either. No. I wonder how Slam will race him now. No. I mean, he he looked so good for a brief spell, and I don't know what happened. He had some injuries, but yeah, it's very weird. But Moore going back to Colorado got me thinking. Now, it's always a bit of a mixed bag when players return to their former clubs. I've had it at my team, he's five. You get some guys back, it's never the same. I'm sure you guys at, at your clubs have seen it as well. Sometimes the second spell is just not successful, and it kind of it taints people's memories a little bit of maybe what they've achieved the, the first time round. Sometimes you just shouldn't go back. But that said, which former Whitecaps, if any, that are still playing in MLS? Oh, you nearly did. Would you? Way. Yeah, I had to. Because there's a lot of ones that's moved on that you might want to welcome no, back. There's an but obvious one. What one would you welcome back with open arms that are still in okay, MLS? Okay, when we're done this, can we just have a brief conversation yeah, outside? We'll, yeah, out, we'll, out with MLS? Okay, we'll say? do that. Is there any? In MLS? Yeah. I would, like take, from a, from a, I would take a flyer on Kakuta Manny. Oh, really? Yes, I would take a flyer on him. I wouldn't be paying him, like I wouldn't sign him to a multi-year contract or paying him a high salary, but I would take a flyer yeah, on him. Yeah, I could, hmm. I could see that... F- also, from a nostalgic perspective, and taking and if it were the the numbers are right, I don't think that would be a fit personally, especially with MDS. Well, um, I'm hoping that MDS can inspire him, maybe, and possibly do something with him. Uh, that's the only thing I'm thinking. That that's and it'd be like a you could even say a six month contract or something. I don't know. Like, I don't you love you your six month contract. I love my <laughs> six month contract. It, it proves it, it gives him approval. No, can you do those right? in MLS? No, I don't no, think you, you can. Well, you can. I don't think you, you can do eighteen month, but I don't think you can do six months. You can have a weird kind of thing for mm. the really young guys. Oh, come to MLS, something. you can have a weird thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm. That's uh, still in the league. Uh Well, he. I think he was injured most of last year. I know. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind having him as a, a, a depth striker again, as is maybe Eric Hurtado. I know he's not been gone that long. Uh, I had a few, actually, had a few good flashes by KC. And even this year. and even as if they're if they're not good enough to play every game, it's hard not to think about uh, the back to back boys, uh, Jordan and Beta. Yeah, that, that's that's my my two guys. I've got to say, I. I, I, I know they're good. Did you know, put that on your list? I, I wouldn't pick. I wouldn't pick Jordan, be only because I felt I feel like, and both of them. I'm, I'm not sure about either one of them, but because I think a lot of their faults are covered up by the fact that how strong LAFC are yeah. and the attack and everything like that. So putting them in this team, that's, I'm not sure how, how successful they yeah. would be. I mean, Beta sure was a guy that I'll admit I don't think I fully appreciated him when he was Philly here. Was gone. 
And it's like, yeah, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Yeah. And I think that was, that was better. Yeah. Now, I don't know how many mentions Ali Adnan has done about him having interest in Europe uh, <laughs> yeah, this week. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if that's coming up. Just but, a few. Um, uh, so I, I, that could be a change to everything at that point. Harvey coming back here, if he did come back, which he's not going to, he's but if he did, to, yeah. it, it would be as a backup, and I'm not sure he would want that. I mean, David Oustead would be a guy that I would take as a backup goalkeeper. And again, he's not a guy that is going to want to come back as as a backup. He's a guy, though, I think would push Max Cripple even further than Zach McMath does. If you've got a guy like David Oustead breathing down your neck. But again, salary and you're not, you're not going to come back as a backup. But I mean, those are the guys, just hypothetically, that's still playing in the league. Although technically, because obviously... Manny and Oustead were kind of up on the drafts to, to get picked and no one picked them yet. But we threw that question out on Twitter and we got some really, really good responses. Now, Beta Sure, we mentioned there, and that was also the selection of Greg Mayer, Ryan McLeod, and at No Name Actual. And at No Name Actual also said Harvey and as the Ryan McLeod. So, I mean, those two guys are guys that would bolster the back line and um, a beta it would mean Derwinski would drop back and we didn't want to pay beta what he wanted the last time not sure a couple of years later we would want to pay him Lorenzo Benetti said he disagrees with others who say Harvey because he was he feels he was barely good enough to be a starter in his final seasons here and yep. the LAFC seem to think that now too. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I, I Yeah, I, I agree. I wouldn't bring him back. You could bring him back as a full-time starter, like as you're, you're relying on every week. Lorenzo also says Kai Kamara and Lee Wynn would be the only two oh, yeah, that he Kamara. would consider. Of course, yeah, Kamara. Oh, I'd, yeah, I'd initially Kai forgotten Kamara. about Kamara until yeah. he, he did that. And he said maybe Beta as well, but he hasn't watched him too closely of late. Kai so, Kamara without a doubt. Thomas Brown actually said Kai Kamara as well as his first choice, and he'd welcome back Beta and Harvey, but in different roles, so like backups, I guess. He said Lee Wynn as a stretch, but he would do it, just not Kendall Waston. And there wasn't actually many people that said Kendall Waston. I thought a few would. And we're going to talk about Kendall when we do our COD thing in, in part four, but the way that he's left the club, I do wonder if that's maybe kind of tainted some people's perceptions or, or feelings on, on Kendall. But I'll, I'll throw out some other names that, that were, were mentioned. Greg Mayer and B&G Media said Tim Parker. Would you bring him back? I would bring him back, but you'd have to really smooth things over because I, like, it wasn't as... It wasn't as explosive as other people left, but there was some really undercutting of yep. the way Tim Parker left. And I don't know if he'd want to come back even. And no. he's not going to come back because he's in New York. And he's York. a New York he's boy and he's yeah. in New York. Yeah. But, but you, I, from a playing perspective, do you think he would add to this oh, team? Oh, yes. At this moment, he would yeah. add. But I agree with Steve. The, the way that the, the Whitecaps went out of their way to make sure he was painted publicly was shameful and, and awful. And they should feel terrible about what they did. Um but uh, I agree, he could contribute. But I also think that he's not really a, a center back that fits uh, MDS. The MDS, yeah. because if you think of Daniel Henry not fitting, then Tim Parker's uh, uh, maybe quality. I'm not going to judge quality, but similar type of center I, back. I do think Parker's a little bit overrated, and I think part of it is just U.S. media yes. hyping yeah, and blowing his tires. American because, getting in yeah. the American squad, yeah. And I think that is part of it. Now Lee Wynn. 
we talked about him just briefly there, but <coughs> Ian Jones said that. He said also add in Boxall and Parker and you'd have a quality backline of former players. Ming Hung Lee also said Lee win. Now, he, talking about players that maybe left a little bit under a cloud or not in great ways, Lee Wynn was one of that. They, at the time, it was denied that he was let go for any other reason apart from footballing reasons. That's what Martin Rennie said at the time. But Or, or, or Martin Rennie was told he had to yeah. say maybe. Because, he, because when you talk to the players, you talk to the players that were in that side, they were dumbfounded by this. They could not believe that the club chose to do what they did. I was surprised when they actually but, but brought him in initially reasons. because I'd never heard of him. But then you looked into him and said, like, oh, he looks quality. Pre-season, he kind of looked quality. Now, he's bounced around MLS a little bit since the, the Whitecaps days. And that he's just had a, he's had a couple of clubs. and Two. That's a couple. And one, he took the MLS Cup. But does, is his stock still high? Is he a guy you could bring back? Well, he's older now, right? He's yeah. Like 30, he's 34. Yeah, he's, he initially came to MLS because he wanted to to break back into the national team mix, and it it just didn't happen for him. No, but is he a veteran you would want to add in? I, I don't. Did he not fall out a little bit in New England? Although who did who didn't no, fall that, out with New England? Well, he fell out with New England, I think, because of the, their limited desire to spend money, I, I believe, uh, or pay him more money, anyways. Um, but uh, I. Yeah, I don't think he's a fit. I mean, I, to be honest, it's hard to think of, of people who like are naturally a fit with what MD like how MDS approaches things. I think it's more like once you get them together and you get things going, then I think people can run with it, especially if it becomes successful. Um, because MDS is very committed to the system and the structure and playing my way, and this is the way, which is fine. That's natural. Coach coach does that. But, yeah, uh, I think Wynn likes think a little bit more freedom. freedom yeah. And, yeah. And in MLS, I mean, I've heard MLS, I've, you know, I've talked to MLS coaches in the past who have said basically it's very difficult in MLS to have free players, let alone one free player. Um, and maybe you can get away hey, with Hey, the one. Whitecaps get lots of free players over the years. <laughs> and then oh, we're talking different kind of free. And then sell them on like Daniel Henry. Yeah. Make, make money. Who brought in Daniel Henry? That's great business. Yeah. Who brought him in for nothing? Um, it was that young Welsh, young Welsh coach. coach, right? Yeah, whatever yeah. happened to him? I, I saw him on TV the other week. So. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was doing stuff for BBC Wales. Oh, nice. <laughs> Trying to cozy up to Ryan Giggs, maybe get the assistant job. <laughs> some some other names like we talked about: Kai Kamara, Couch Ultras, Rick Halland, and Greg Petrie said Kai Kamara. Greg Petrie would like him in a reduced role. Can you imagine? We talked about Freddie Montero, super sub off the bench. Can you imagine Kai Kamara coming off the bench? Not a role he would want, but that would be an exciting option. Ben Cooper Whitecats, although he was a bit tongue-in-cheek, said Eric Curtado. All day long, guy was a dude. So you can tell he was tongue-in-cheek. Alan Bosclair... Sorry, I'll, let's just call him Alan. Alan Bosclair Jolie said David Norman Jr. Oh, yeah. He hasn't even started playing for his new club yet, but yeah, I'd have him back. Sebastian Pereira said Nicholas Mosquita. Yeah. But with a question mark, because Mosquita, he's just signed a new deal with Colorado. Yeah, two-year deal, I think. Yeah, he's a guy, I, we talked about this at the time, I just didn't think he produced enough as a starter. But as a guy to come off the bench, yeah. I, 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 I don't know if I said differently at the time, but definitely now I think he is the kind of player who could do well in what MDS wants to do. Hmm. In terms of especially his work rate and his... Commitment to both sides of the ball. Marius Rofter 
he said Marco Carducci. Interestingly, not David Eisted. Probably because he knows Eisted wouldn't be a starter. But yeah, I'd, obviously we'd all welcome Marco Carducci back here. But he deserves to be where he is, and he's better where he is well, as a starter yeah, Marco's, as well. Marco, at this point in his career, is never going to, sorry, probably not likely to go somewhere where he is not going to play. No, he needs to be a starter wherever. Last couple of ones quickly. Alex from Between the Sticks said Shea Salinas and Michael Boxall. Shea Salinas, not last season, but the season. Oh, no, was it last season he had his standout year? Yeah, it was. Year, when we, he yeah, scored a goal. Yeah, that's when we spoke to him. Number of goals. Yeah, he had a really good season. Boxall surprised me. I have to say, I didn't think much of him here. And when Minnesota brought him in, I thought, oh, geez, you're bringing Michael Boxall back. He's been good. Well, couple, well, since he got a new partner this year. Yeah. Well, two a couple of things. One is I think he's matured in his time away. From, he was pretty young when he was – I mean, he wasn't young, young, but he was early 20s when he was here, maybe up to 24. I can't remember now. But, he, yeah, maybe like 22, 23. He went away. He got some experience, worked his way up, did some things, won some, won some trophies, came back to MLS. The first year was rough. And then you partnered him with someone who was a little, little bit more solid – uh, and you saw a lot of good from him yeah. this, this year. Sometimes you this just, year especially. Sometimes you just need a new partner to bring the best out of you. I I warn my wife of that all the time. Spice Boy One also said Shea Salinas. Brookwood FC, he recommends two unmentioned wildcards, Kakutamani, as Steve said, and Darren Mattox. Both experienced in MLS, he says. Both have speed and pace that bring an entertainment factor. The main downside is they still have trouble in the final third of the pitch with scoring. That's the white caps to a T. Well, I don't think Kakuta Manny had that much problem with scoring uh, because he was a winger. He was in whenever he played the wing, he scored enough uh, at a level yeah. what a winger expected. But he didn't Maddie, create enough as a winger. No, he didn't create enough. I mean, just thinking about that though, from what Steve said, that might be an interesting punt if you got him in a good deal as a guy to bring off the bench and work his way up into becoming yeah. a possible starter. Someone should slide into his DMs and see if he wants to, to come back here. I can't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Can you really see it happening? No, him come, him returning to Vancouver as a player. Well, right now he hasn't got a club. So I think he'd be he'd be happy to go anywhere if he's going to be playing. But I, I do think you should never go back. C.D. Pryor said if we we're including academy players, Liam Fraser, after what he said about the Whitecaps, maybe not. But I was chatting to someone about that. And that interview was perhaps not fully reflective of his thoughts he was kind of put a little bit on the spot and it was a bit sensationalized for the sake of it i'll explain more another time and we'll end this with stewie benjamin who simply said no one and yeah sometimes you just shouldn't go back last thing from wednesday the nominations came out for the media vote for the canada soccer players of the year Steve and me all have a vote on this because we're on the media mailing list. Now, there's a short list of 12 on the men's side. One white cap, Derek Cornelius, along with former white cap, Alfonso Davies. Who would be your Canada Soccer Player of the Year? It's hard for me to say this year. It's, it's, it's really hard to round it into a top three because you're supposed to give a top three. Because yeah. normally it was difficult to get a top three because it's who do you stick in number three? Who's good enough to even be considered one of the top players? But this year there's quite a few that are out there that can be, you know, considered very, like, potential number three. There's no, I know a lot of people say Jonathan David, clear cut. But, yeah. But I, I have, don't think, I have him as my number one. But I, I'm really, like, you got uh, Cavallini in Mexico. I've got Cavallini as two. And then you got um, Alfonso Davies, the way he's performed and stuff like that. You got. I didn't have Fonzie in my top three. 
for 2019. Yeah. I, I I consider him to be a candidate. I have uh, Scott Arfield as one of the t- better players out there. Um, I had him as third, but that might be my Scottish bias. And I know I know he didn't do well this week, but uh, Milan Borian had a good yeah. season overall, so he's he's in there too. So I haven't sent it off because I am I'm dithering yeah. over the number what? three selection. Yeah. Does Ozo get any any credit for his role in Toronto? Well, you see, the thing is, it depends like what what you're putting the criteria on because Richie Larea is in it as well, and it's like he's had a good turnaround no, he's, season. He's, he's, Ozo's he's, on the list, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. 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 And he also has had a good has a good. Has year a good yeah, he's 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 a candidate to be in the top five. Larea is just like in there to be like to fill out the twelve yeah. shortlist. You could also name someone that's not on the shortlist yeah. as well. No, there's nobody really on the sh- not on the shortlist that would you name Max Cripple? No. No, yeah, you can't. Because he hasn't even started for the national team, has he, this year? No. But it's kind of the soccer players, Canadians doing well. Around yeah, I know, but I know he had good performances. His team was utter rubbish. Like mm. you, uh, Let's I, put Marco Carducci in, Dennis. Let's start a Marco Carducci vote. That, I would think that would be more deserving. Or I know people would say, oh, Crippo's performances were maybe better, but yeah. when you're talking about, you're talking about excellence, right? Like, you, you can't, I mean... The Optus or the Audi stats or whatever are nice, but like when you're talking about excellence, this is a team sport, and that's that's if you if you're yeah. I mean, who, who, sport, who would you have as your number one then? Like, would, do you agree with David or because you kind of uh, made a face when I, we said well, David I think, and Cavallini? I think, I think and... I would have Alfonso and Jonathan David, and then uh, yeah, maybe Cavallini as the as the top. Just three. with what he did in Mexico, I think as well, and it's like, do you class the Mexican league? And performing there better than performing in the Belgian league, but then you have I to take what I they did internationally but into I think account they're the, as well. They're very similar. Those scored, two. In, yeah. scored in the Europa League, yeah. Stuff. I, I just think the way that David's continued, because you did wonder when he came out and was getting all those goals. It's like, oh, is this just a flash in the pan? Is it going to be a guy that just suddenly bursts into it and then just drops? And then for me, this Octavio is the I, I'm not a big fan of the way, the timing too, because how do you you have to judge? The last end of the last year, the actual season, and the beginning of this season—it's kind of weird that way. I hate, mm-hmm. I hate, I rather, w- I wish they would just do it at the end of some season. But the problem is, MLS runs a different time than European league, so it's hard to judge. It. Like, it's you have to really do some research to figure out where they actually performed well. I think Alfonso. I know people would say, "Oh, like he hardly played," you know, in January to April, May, whatever. Um, but I think he did enough then, and also like scored and whatever that I think he, I and what he's done this this season. I think he's and then all, on top of that, what he's done for the national team. I think he is worthy of of a shout for number one. Yeah, but but yeah, I think Jonathan David. He and Jonathan David would be top two for me. There's also the the women's nominations as well, and. I, I don't know enough. I haven't watched the women this year. They've played so many games that's been on weird streams and at weird times as well that I, I genuinely don't know who I, I would pick in this. Janine Becky maybe stood out for me just as I kept seeing her name a lot. Yeah, Christine Sinclair always gets votes just because she's Christine Sinclair. you got to think uh, Jordan Hootman too. Is, yeah. Not, not, not a top three, but maybe a top five in the top five because she scored quite a few goals. For yeah. I could see her in the top three just based yeah. on her club performances well, alone. I, I, I'm thinking that it should be someone that is playing over at a high level in Europe. One of the but you got Kadisha Buchanan. I'm not sure how much. I got no, Buchanan hardly plays for the, uh, the club, club team. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. But Ashley Lawrence does, and Ashley Lawrence has done well. And, and She's with Hoytema at PSG. Um, in the women's side, yeah, 
I think, uh, yeah, you're right. Christine Sinclair will always get. I, I don't think she should win it. No, I don't think she's had a year. I don't know how many goals Jean has scored at Man City. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. And see, for me, I, I strongly appreciate the Becky family and Janine. Uh, yeah, but I it, this year you, for you me, don't like Man City. We get no, 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 no. That's that's right. Voice was right. That's true. No, no. For me, it's the the penalty. I I just can't. Oh, like, I just can't oh, get that on my mind. Okay. Yeah. Oh but, gee, I forgot about that. Yeah. So yeah. like again, let's, let's move quickly on from yeah. that then, and let's move on to Thursday, gobble gobble day in the U.S. American Thanksgiving soccer sites all over the U.S. were paying thanks. To various things. MLSsoccer.com did an article of things that every team in the league should be grateful for. For the White Caps, the joke answer was FC Cincinnati, so they didn't get the wooden spoon. The serious answer, which I genuinely thought would be that the season had ended, but it wasn't, <laughs> was actually Axel Schuster. That they said that that spot we should be thankful for. Can you think of anything else to be thankful for? For me, and I know we kind of did this a little bit with our own Canadian Thanksgiving, we should be thankful that we actually had a player like Max Cripple step up and put in the performance that he did, or this season would have been even worse than it was. Well, I think people who support the Vancouver Whitecaps need to be thankful that, uh, in part due to the poor performances and results and all the other off-field stuff, that Mark DeSantos is finally getting what he wants and what previous coaches have wanted in terms of a restructuring of how who's making decisions and what expertise they have. And they've brought in a sporting director uh, who, who seemingly has uh, more experience than the people making decisions in the past and that they can hopefully move forward and, uh, and, and the structure of how things are going and the process of how things are going, I think is drastically better than, than what, how they've run things in the past. So we will be talking to Axel Schuster this coming week. Tweeted some things out. Get in touch with us on Twitter at AFT in Canada if there's anything you want to. Hashtag Ask Axel. We've got a lot of good suggestions in. There's some obvious things that we're wanting to talk to him about as well. We're going to kind of do a past, present and future because I want to delve into what makes the man tick. His football philosophy, how what players he grew up watching and loving in Germany and did those kind of players shape the kind of players that he now looks for when he's trying to bring players in? So I'm going to be talking about all that stuff. So that was the, the Thanksgiving stuff from MLS. And the latest FIFA rankings came out. And Canada sit 73rd in the world. Dropping four spots, right? Yeah. Seventh in CONCACAF, dropping one spot. 15 points now behind El Salvador in the race for the last spot in the Hex. Just two victories over France uh, and Paris. Not looking good. Canada dropped eight points from the previous total. El Salvador gained 10. So you had a huge 18-point swing there. And we talked about it on last week's show. The only way we can see kind of getting over the line is play El Salvador in a couple of games. But there's no incentive for El Salvador to do that. Rumours were kind of swirling that we might be playing Costa Rica in neutral ground in a couple of games. Not really sure that that would get us enough no, points. I, no, I don't think it would get us enough points. Because remember, El Salvador is going to play in the next round too, and they're they're not very good teams in that in that B group, I don't think. Uh, mm. So I, I don't think it's happening. No, I don't either. But that's fine. The, the, now they have a different path to get to there, and they can use that as a... And the points they're going to gain, because El Salvador is not going to be winning any of these games in the hex. I personally don't think... I, even at home, they'd be lucky to get a draw in some yeah. of those games. 
So I think this is a way to get some points in meaningful games. They're going to be playing more games. Um, and then eventually, if they can win that tournament, you play the fourth place team and then you get into yeah, the... Yeah, you know what? The more I start to think about it, and it's maybe just because it's just trying to have a positive mindset, I don't think it's the worst thing for Canada to go through this. If we can get through the the other qualification, the non-hex qualification, yeah. we've got some really tough games under our belt. We've got a lot of experience for the players. Yeah. Then we've got a one-off shot. I, well, I guess a two-off shot because you have to win two playoff games. Two playoff games. But... Two, two... Two we have the momentum of getting to that point. Two two-leg playoff games to get yeah. to the World Cup. But that's fine. Because if they get to, if they win this tournament, it's essentially making the hex. Yeah, and so I'm not sure how a, we would do in the hex either. No, but, so. but what I'm saying is like it it, it, it matches what their goal is yeah. if they win this The thing. worst possible thing for Canada is you make the hex and then you finish fifth or yeah, sixth. Yeah, exactly. Then it's just felt like a complete waste. Yeah. Last bit of news for Thursday. Patrick Vieira was being linked as the top candidate for the Inter-Miami job. First of all, with The Telegraph in the UK, and then Taylor Twelman tweeted it out the next day. Now, Vieira had two and a half seasons with NYFC. He's currently managing Nice in France. Yeah, what spot uh, are they in the table? Mm, not good. Like something like 15th? or I, I'm surprised he'd want to come back. It just... I well, don't know. Maybe he's looking for a new relegation. Maybe he's, yeah. Yeah, maybe he's oh, essentially looking for his next job before he gets fired. Oh, maybe. <laughs> it just seemed a bit of a weird one. But that was Thursday. We'll be back in part three with a look at Friday... And the weekend. Hi, I'm Derek Cornelius, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Get down to the sound that makes you jump around. It's the new royal family. Much better than the old royal family. They're on their way out anyway. The new royal family rules okay. I don't think exactly follows the news on Prince Andrew. Oh, I, I, yeah, I don't think he did about that look there. No. Oh, you missed all the Prince Andrew stuff. No. The oh. scandal? Yeah. Or, oh, okay. I don't know what the scandal is, but I saw something about scandal. He doesn't sweat. That's a scandal. Yeah. He hasn't, hasn't sweated for 20 years. He's only started sweating again. I'll explain. That's a scandal? No. That was, <laughs> let's, he not, let's not get into this. Yeah. We're, already, 
Well, We've already got the weekend stuff that we're, that's dominating yeah, they, our. It's okay. You guys are wrong about the weekend stuff. It's fine. No, you're wrong. No. As, as, Steve, I, in the break, Stephen said, "Hey, at my last place of employment, or one of the yeah." He also to work. said the weekend starts for him on a Monday. Tweet us. Let us know on AFT in Canada, but in particularly <laughs> at Zachary AM, and let Zachary know that the week starts on Monday. The week does not start on Monday. And the weekend, which Zach seems to think is a Saturday only. Saturday is the the day the week ends. Hashtag I know WSOM. I know. Week I know. starts on Monday. I know. <laughs> or WSOS. Don't do BDSOM or BDSMS. Like a whole different hashtag. So if you think it starts on Sunday, w- <laughs> hashtag WSOS. If it's on Monday, w- hashtag WSOS. S-O-M Oh <laughs> <laughs> It was not easy If I just tweet it out me to retweet for this yeah. Like for that That's yeah, what all the young kids it. do Yeah they do Anyway let's get back to the song Here on the AFT and Soccer Show On CITR Radio 101.9 FM The music to kick this segment off Was The New Royal Family Our new Artists of the Month For December Are they the Chocolate Digestion people? They are okay. They are the band That does Anyone fancy A chocolate digestive so obviously, it's just nice to, to play some of their other songs. There. Why is it so suggestive? In 06, Zach, basically. Oh. It's kind of indicating that. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you fancy a chocolate digestive. That's what that means? Well, that's what they're kind of insinuating it could mean. Wow, okay. Yeah. Anyway, New Royal Family. That was a song from 2009. We'll have a lot more from them this month. I... I've been in touch with them. I might even do a little interview with them just to talk about chocolate digestives. We can ask them your question as to why it's so suggestive. See what he says. Lead singer of the band is Scottish, so who knows what the answer might be to that. We will have a special Christmas song from them this month as well. And in a special thing for our Christmas show, it's as if it all ties in and I have this planned for the whole year. All our artists of the month for the year will be featuring with a Christmas song in the Christmas special. Magical. Anyway, the video for that song, The New Royal Family Rules Okay, it's basically, it's a lot of my childhood. If you want to know what shaped me as a person, watch that video. It features clips from TV shows such as Rent-A-Ghost, Rainbow, Mr. Ben, Grange Hill, magazines like Lookin, of which I'm currently reading the best of Lookin 1980s annual, Smash Hits, Flexipop, even as John McEnroe's umpire rants at Wimbledon. Again, we're appealing to this young Canadian audience that, that we have with me reliving my late 70s and 80s childhoods. Yeah. I, I describe this show to people as doing a UK radio show for a Canadian audience that don't understand most of what I'm talking about. And I've said before, people say, my wife doesn't understand me. My wife does not understand me in the slightest. Friday. Did you get any good related Black Friday deals? Not football related, no. Well, did you get any good Black Friday oh, deals? Oh, yeah. Though? Oh, yeah. Let us know what you got. How much Lego? Yes, there was Lego. I can't. I saw lots of Lego advertised in different places. Yeah, For me, it's just one set of Lego. Yeah, what'd you get? Are I'm you not telling you. Oh, okay. Because I can't say it just in case my kid hears it. Oh, that's right. You that's... let your kid listen to this no. nonsense. No, oh, but you okay. never know. Oh. Uh, yeah, I got lots of Lego. What See, you said kids don't listen to this show. Steve's kid listens to this. No, yeah, I'm saying counter- He loves the fish and chip song. I'm, I'm worried also that somebody else listens to it and tell him what I got him. Oh. oh. Uh, your, but, mo- your mother-in-law? No, other kids. What are you talking about, mother-in-law? We're picking the schools. This is like passed okay. around as like kind of... Let's, like, let's move on to Friday. 
Yeah. Oh, what, what deals did you get? I, I, well, I bought Secret Life of Pets 2 DVD. Oh. And I bought a Roku streaming stick because I'm trying to do weird stuff to get BBC iPlayer on my TV. Did you like that one as much as the first one, Secret Life of Pets? I haven't seen the second one yet, but oh, I liked, okay. really liked the first one. I, so yeah, I liked the first one. Going to the second one with the kids, I was kind of like, oh, this is second ones are not good. But it was it was okay. Uh, I got, uh, in addition to the, the Lego, I got uh, I redid my Shaw deal. They had like a Black oh. Friday thing, so that was very good. Redid my phone deal. That was also <laughs> very, very advantageous. I'll be doing both of those next year. Yeah, yeah I need to do my phone pretty soon And well. what else did I do? Uh, oh, I got some stuff for the kids, oh. some Christmas stuff for the kids. I got one football-related thing. It's a pre-order for a book that's coming out in February, and it was a 15% off discount. And I was talking to her about this. She didn't know. If you want to get some good UK books, and the postage is obviously shocking, bookdepository.com, wordery.com, it's free shipping to the to anywhere in the world, but to Canada, US, anywhere in the world. So you can order a big stack of heavy books, and they'll ship them free to you. Hmm. There are, the newer ones are a little bit more expensive than you'd get in Amazon.co.uk, but their shipping's horrendous, so it works out good. And it, you get regular 10 and 15% deals off. So I got Billy's Boots, which was a comic strip in the comics that I used to read in the 70s and early 80s. Nice. It's about a little boy, Billy Dane, who finds a, a pair of old football boots that belonged to a famous footballer. And whenever he puts them on, he plays magical. And he plays great football-wise. And things happen in the matches that happened in the in the footballers. Billy Dane is the the footballer. So it's a great little comic strip. You should check that out. Billy Boots. Yeah, we should, Billy's Boots. Billy's Boots. Yeah. Football-wise, it was a pretty quiet day. But the FA Cup did kick off. An enjoyable game on Friday night between 8th tier, Malden and Tiptree. And Goldie looking Chains, boys, Newport County. Did I ever tell you that Goldie Luke and Chain sponsored Newport County's shirts? Yeah, multiple one year. times. Yeah, uh. <laughs> never been able to get hold of them. They're really, really rare. Whenever they come up on eBay, they go for a lot of money. One 0 win for the Welsh lads, oh, thanks to a stoppage time winner. But this whole FA Cup weekend has really pissed me off, or in particular, Sportsnet World, because Sportsnet World have the rights to the FA Cup. So every year I sign up to Sportsnet World for November, December, January and sometimes February just for the FA Cup games because I like to see the lower teams in it. But this is another example of one of the big channels sitting on matches and not showing all the games that they could. And for me, it's indefensible for Sportsnet World because you've got these other channels, Sportsnet World Pluses, that they can show these games on. And they, they showed some Bundesliga games on Saturday, so I understand maybe why they didn't show on the main channel the FA Cup game. But they had other channels that weren't showing anything, and they could oh, have showed the FA Cup game. So do you, you subscribe to on TV? Yes. Okay. Do you ever go into the Sportsnet Now app? No. Okay. You need to check there because they might be showing them there. They they are for some of the stuff, but I don't. I want to watch it on my TV. Well, you can have the app playing on your TV. Not my downstairs TV, which uh. is apparently a really good TV, but a piece of shit for apps. I can't get anything. That's another reason I bought the Roku streaming stick. Right. Okay. Um, but it it just it just annoys me so much that companies have the rights to stuff and they don't show it, and then TSN sit on games like they've got the rights to the MLS games. 
And sometimes they don't show a game that's on ESPN or Fox in the States, but they've got the rights to it. And then you can't see it in the zone because it's it's blocked because TSN should be showing it, but they're not. Yeah. And something needs to happen about this. And I mean, is, is this the future for... Is streaming only the future for, for football in this country? We've got it, the zone. We've got one soccer. Is this how we're only going to watch football now on, on these streaming is, channels? If it is, I'm not watching very much because I'm not paying for any of it. I, I, I'm I'm just not... It's not one of the things I want to pay for. When does TSN's like, World Cup rights run out? Because that's, mm. that's a big... Thing. That, partly because the World Cup's going to be here, that's going to be a big thing. But uh, that'll, I think, de- determine... If it's going to be all or all or all of one or you know half, halfway. I mean TSN's got MLS just now, which yeah, but that's on obviously the zone. yeah, but yeah, but not the Canadian right. teams oh, because yeah. you can't watch it for forty eight hours. But the, the the thing, I I I like to watch stuff on my TV, and I know you can cast it from your phone and your laptop and all that stuff. I just want a PVR a game that kicks off at five in the morning, wake up at nine or ten. And then watch the game on on my PVR. I can fast forward through with it with your chocolate digestive, with my chocolate digestive and my my cup of tea. Fast forward through the bits I don't want to see, or just watch a game at twice the speed, which you can't really do on the zone and one soccer. Even if you've got the apps on your TV, you can't do that. And maybe I'm just an old fashioned person, and the game's not for this. But since the the Premier League moved to the zone as well. I've been more reverting to watching the BBC Match of the Day programme or just watching the three-minute highlights on the zone because I can't be bothered trying to watch the, the full game. And sometimes on the app, it's not up for a few hours and then you can get things spoiled. And I just don't like it. I just want stuff on, on my TV. And the rumours are One Soccer is going to have a TV channel next year. So we'll see how that plays out. But see, I, I think ideally... Probably through a, a, a Pacific FC <laughs> season ticket, I'll have one soccer for free, so I'm not going to pay to have the channel. But I think you can. Oh, I was going right? to say you can log in on the TV, but no, no you wouldn't. It's yeah. only the verse. If, yeah. if you pay for the TV, then you can log. So uh, I'm going to. Oh, where I'm gonna I hadn't go. thought of it that way. Yeah. Interesting. But then mm. again, you you have to watch it somewhere. You but, can, I'll be able to watch. But it I mean, I found on one soccer, I I hardly watched any live games. I just ended up watching their highlights that they put out. It just. It just suited me better. Mm-hmm. Are we still on Friday? Mm. Yeah. Oh, so you want to talk about the FA Cup more, right? Yeah. Well, Tell us more about the FA Cup, Michael. I, I love the FA Cup. It's a great competition. And for me, I enjoy it more than the World Cup. And for what we're going to go, that's absolutely insane. The early rounds in particular, when it's the little minnows against the big teams, I, I just love it. And the World Cup, maybe it's because Scotland hardly ever get there. It's like Champions League. I don't really have a lot of interest in Champions League mainly because the Scottish clubs don't make the group stages. But like when you said, like I, when you sent me the text, I genuinely didn't know that the Champions League was on. Is that on because Tuesday of streaming? Wednesday. Partly the streaming yeah. and just partly I don't have a lot of interest in yeah. it. I like the knockout rounds more. It, it, the group stages I can't be bothered with. And I've said before, it's because it's not champions that's in it. Yeah. That it also gets in the way me. of like your VMS co- VMSL coverage. Yeah. And supporting the, the grassroots local game. Which I get a lot more enjoyment out, yeah. and I know folk are going to be like, no. you're crazy, but... I wasn't saying they're joking, like, I... No, yeah. but the FA Cup is just a wonderful competition, and I hate that teams devalue it now, and they put out the weaker teams, but then you get the upsets, and it's it's still great, and I love watching it. And the US have the US Open Cup, 
and it's got a long history. I've said before, I, I don't feel the American soccer public, a vast majority of them, appreciate what they've got competition-wise. We've got the Canadian Championship for the Voyagers Cup. It was expanded to 13 teams this year. For me, nowhere near enough. You want to have the likes of TSS Rovers in it, Victoria Highlanders. Thunder Beach Hill. Foot, yeah, the Chill, Foothills. The, the national champions, CCB LFC United from Surrey. Why, they've just won the National Amateur Championship. Why are they not in the Voyagers Cup? Now, it was good to read this week on Friday an interview with CPL Coach of the Year, Tommy Pielden Jr., saying exactly that. His exact quote was, I'd like to see more teams in the Canadian Championship. I'm a believer in inviting the provincial amateur champions. I think we look at other leagues, whether it's the USL, all the Canadian professional and semi-professional teams. I think we should have a coast-to-coast national competition that has early rounds with amateur teams that qualify up to meet the professional teams in the later rounds. The FA Cup does that. You've got the extra preliminary round, the preliminary round, first, second, third and fourth qualifying rounds. So teams often have to play seven or eight games just to get into the the, the main draw. Where they can we make, can do where that they can here. Make some money. Yeah. yeah, and if teams don't want to enter it, they don't enter it. Yeah. If teams do want to enter it, if you want to have a VMSL team or a League One team or a Quebec team enter it, let them enter it and then play their games or whatever. I just think it would put better value on it. Yeah. Tommy went on to say in that interview that he thinks the media would really buy into it. I'm not sure they would. Media like me obviously would. I'd lap it up. But then it's up to us to get that message out and get other media interest and get folk involved. But to grow the game here, I just think that would be a, a wonderful thing. Well, I agree with you. And I think it's been disappointing to see, obviously, what they did with the Voyagers Cup in 2019 and the way they structured it. I don't know if you remember this, but if you were listening to some coaches earlier this year, uh, I heard some coaches in the CPL talking about how it's important to get that third spot because, they said, for Voyagers Cup qualification. So I don't know ah. if they told the clubs ahead of time, hey, we're going to basically be the same next year. You need to be top three if you want you know, less early games, which is crazy uh, now, obviously, because Ottawa's out. <laughs> And so the number has changed. Oh, so, yeah, we did it at 12. So, so things, things will change. So I don't know, maybe they will bring in someone else. Maybe something else will happen. Mm. But I agree with you. I don't have a lot of hope based on how poorly they chose to run things this past year. I mean, talking about the Voyagers Cup next year then, how do you think it should be regional for up to the semifinal stage? I think the stage? first round definitely should be regional. Uh, after that, then it should be all open. I think that the next year they should do the top four teams are not in the semifinal, the quarterfinal. So top, uh, so TFC, Vancouver, Montreal, and Hamilton would be in that quarterfinal, and then you have to qualify to beat those four. So like a, you, the basic, uh, what, how many teams are left? Like eight or something like that? Yeah, or rough, nine or yeah, seven eight, or whatever, whatever eight, it is. Eight as of right now. Yeah. yeah, so those eight teams have to play. Playing, the winners play, play the, in the top quarters. four, and then you go on and Maybe go that's on. what it'll do because it's simpler this year. Yeah, without auto, but he, I, I'd still like an open draw, and it's never going to happen. I not, know, not with this country. No, it's too big of a country to do that. Yeah, this is what I think they need to do. I think they need to do what they've done with Pro Rel, and what I think they need to do is they need to say this is what our ideal will look like, and they need to begin to put dates on that. Maybe like after the World Cup or something. I think that Canada's co-hosting, 
But I think they need to, for now, I think it need, like you said, Steve, I think it does need to be regionalized mm-hmm. in the early rounds or whatever. Um, but long-term, I think they need to be moving this towards a truly open competition because it's not as exciting. If you look at the U.S. Open Cup, one of the things that's not, and I, I know they do it for costs, especially for those smaller yeah. clubs and stuff. One of the things that's, be, that, that's lost the luster in the U.S. Open Cup is the regionalization in the early rounds. Because you know, if you're Portland Seattle, you know it's likely if you just beat your first couple opponents, you're going to play each other. Uh, so I, 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 I think regional is good for a season as long as the end goal is a true open cup where you can, you're drawn with a team at random or whatever and drawn, the home team is drawn at random as well. Not the big club is going to host or whoever pays more in a bid or whoever's the best infrastructure in their city or anything crazy, anything like, not crazy, anything like that. I think they need to be working to a a long-term, truly open competition. But if it's too, if it's a. Two round, two leg round. Uh, no, or, sorry. I think they need to get rid of oh, that. Oh yeah, I'd like I, straight knockout. That, as well. that needs to go yeah. too. Yeah, which I know it hurts them money wise in terms of like knowing games and selling tickets and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But I think one game knockout could I mean, be amazing. My dream, and it's, I mean, it could happen if if we do expand the CPL to two divisions or whatever. My dream, and we have like a BC tier three league and stuff like that. My dream is you have an open cup. Straight knockout, similar to the FA Cup. I I still love to this day watching the FA Cup draw, and it's yes. like it's still a big thing. It's on at seven o'clock on BBC One on a Monday night. Well, yeah, when you are- folk are drawing their balls out, you can see Rod Stewart doing the best drunken. I've talked about this one before. Best drunken Scottish Cup draw. He's hammered and he's pulling the balls out and holding up the camera, going number thirteen. Yeah, if you watch some of those, there's some of those football movies where, like, the fans get really excited when they get drawn with certain clubs, right? This year in the FA Cup, there was a great thing. It was a great thing and a bad thing. Bury Town, very FC, obviously got kicked out of the Football League. So when the first round came, there was an odd number of teams for the first time because it had happened too late yeah. to, to match it up. So one team was going to get a oh, bye bye. into the second round. So they pulled all the balls and it was down to two teams, a League One team and a, a low non-league team. And the cameras were at the non-league team and they got the bye and they were celebrating as if they'd drawn Man United. <laughs> and it's like... Because <sighs> they'd got into the second round. They'd got money for winning the first round without playing a game. Nice. And now they got a great draw in the second round as well. So, And the, I, I think, the, speaking of draws, uh, I didn't mention in headlines is the upcoming, but that group of death in Euros. Oh, uh, France, Germany and Portugal. Yes. <laughs> you got the 2014 <laughs> World Cup winner, the 2016 Euros and the 2018 World, World Cup, Cup winner in yeah. one group. That's I don't know who the fourth place team is, but they getting through. Yeah, Scotland can still qualify. We've got some playoff games to go. You anyway, can do it. We can. Last thing for we're gonna just combine Saturday, Sunday, the weekend. Wait, wait, wait. We didn't talk about the rest of Friday. Can we talk about uh, what? Wait, well, you have done Friday. You had, well, you had some stuff. But well, we've got. I was yeah. I was just gonna mention oh, one last thing for you, Friday. Do you want to mention that? Because I wanted. Yeah. To okay. Did you Did you watch episode four of The Mandalorian? Yeah. Yeah. Like without spoilers. Oh, was that on Friday? Good. Yeah, well, it comes out. On oh, Friday. it was good. It was good. my uh, again without spoilers. Uh, Kirk keeps on. Uh, he's amazed at how he feels. Every episode just keeps getting better for yeah. him. Yeah, it feels like it's, it's building up to something. Yeah. and their own their own story encapsulated in this thing too. In each episode. Yes, it's it's moving forward, but there's a little a good little, little story, and it's it's and showing a different part of the universe. Too, it was also too. the longest episode. Yeah, and this might not spoiler, but. 
Oh, uh, this may be too spoil. I won't say. I'll tell you after. Yeah, you don't want to spoil. No, it. I don't JJ. want to spoil it for yeah. JJ, especially JJ. Last thing then for Friday, I was watching SmackDown, the wrestling right. oh. on Friday night, and Cesaro was wrestling, and Sami Zayn, Canadian lad, good good Canadian boy, got sent from ringside through the back, and Cesaro did the VAR rectangle because he wanted a VAR review yeah. for Sami Zayn getting sent off. I loved that. I just thought it was hilarious because Cesaro's a, a a big football fan. Yeah, we need to do our, our VAR videos. Uh, we need to get on that. Yeah. So that was Friday. Saturday and Sunday, the weekend, just going to lump together because there wasn't a lot happened. Uh, nothing really happened. But something I did, because when we do this section, it doesn't matter if the thing happened that day. It's just when we came to know about it. So yesterday, I was just flicking through the MLS site, seeing if there was any news stories for the week I'd missed. And I noticed at the top they had fixtures. And they've actually got three fixtures announced for next yeah. season. Oh, yeah. I, I completely missed that. So it looks like Nashville's first game is on February 29th. So that is obviously the weekend that the MLS season is kicking off. February 28th, 29th and March 1st. So very early, a week early. The problem is their anniversary of their game is going to be every four years. The first ever game. Oh, oh good point. Well, that's hilarious. Yeah. Ah. It's going to make for some interesting weather issues. I mean, it's been bad enough when the season starts when it did. But Nashville... If you start in... Not, not there, but just in general around the league. If you're starting in February now... Although I think I told you the story of getting stuck in a... Did I tell you this? I've forgotten if I told it here somewhere else. In Edmonton? No, I get stuck oh. in a snowstorm. As yeah, you've a, mentioned that a lot. Yeah, as a, as, a, as a family, like people in BC, they go to California, right, for their to get closer to the sun and all that kind of fun stuff. It, growing up in Ontario, people drive down or fly down to Florida... So when I was, I think, 13, we drove on spring break, we drove down to, to Florida, but we got stuck in a snowstorm and we had to stay in an, like a middle school gymnasium because the, they shut down the roads and the, like they just were funneling people off. There's no hotels, no nothing, nowhere to stay. We stayed in a, a middle school or high school gym with like hundreds of other, other people. Four o'clock in the morning, the National Guard busted in with a truck of just blankets for people because people are freezing. And it was it was crazy, but it was March in in Tennessee, so it's not wow. it's not it's not likely, but it's been known to happen every so often. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't really a lot else I think that happened this weekend that North American or, or CPL wise. So we'll f- just finish the section off with a couple of tweets. What about from... Davies' result? Did you hear Davies who? F- Phil. Phil Davies. Oh, how, how's he getting on? No, he's retired. Oh. I was going to say, how many burgers did he serve this? This that's, weekend. That's not nice. He didn't serve burgers. Le burger. <laughs> I don't know. What, what do you call the Big Mac in Royal with cheese. Royal with cheese. There we go. But I just want to finish with a couple of tweets from Greg Petrie. Uh, First gumball. one, he says, I don't think points matter anymore for Canada. They're essentially locked into the lower-seeded method for 2022. The assumption is that they'll still directly qualify for 2026. But I, he sent one just on what we've just been talking about just now. Talking about, I was saying I'd like to see VMSL teams enter the, the Voyager's Cup if they want. So Greg says, at Erdem World on Twitter, If a VMSL team wants to join the Voyager's Cup, shouldn't they be looking to join this BC League One? Some of the blame here has to fall on teams that don't want to align with what the CSA is trying to do. And he says, I'm working on the assumption that BC League One would get a spot the way that League One Ontario has. And yeah, it, yes. it will. Yeah. That's why they want to have it. 
And I'd be in favour of earlier Voyages Cup rounds to include even more teams from these leagues. So, yeah, that's that's very good points, Greg. But something to point out is there's a number of VMSL teams that would be interested in this BC League One, but they have been excluded from the process because BC Soccer wants to have new entities. They don't want to have these existing teams in the league. They've been reaching out to newer entities because they feel it's a fresh start. They're not coming with any baggage. And a lot of these VMSL teams have academies and stuff. And I think these are the teams that should be in BC League One. And there's been some quite heavy discussions in in local soccer circles about it. And I, I believe we should hear a little bit more about this league just into January, February, probably February time next year. Yeah, okay, that's that's interesting because I haven't heard you talk about this before. Uh, I can sympathize in some respect, but at the same time, I'm not not naming. Yeah, I, I, I I've just I, been talking I, to a few VMSL guys. That yeah, are very and I don't. Pissed and off I, don't I don't know all the people and the people involved and decision makers and heavy hitters and all you know heavy lifters and all that. I don't know who those are. You you might, but I don't. But I, I can understand on 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 some ways what the BC Soccer is trying to do. One. I think they're trying to make this like the CPL, where this is this is new and this is not tied to anything from the past. So there's no like yeah, that there's is, no, that's exactly there's, what they're trying. There's to no do. Toronto Blizzard and there's no what you know that yeah. kind of stuff. So, but there might be a Vancouver Eighty Sixers, right? Uh, but that's different because that's not been that's not been around for quite a while. Well, yeah, and someone owns that name that's quite heavily involved in it all. So, the, but the other thing is, whenever there's some things about how the VMSL is run that is a little bit is a little bit dodgy, right? Like we've talked, we've joked about there's some number of things that Well, are, it's not are, how it's run. It's run well. It's how some teams operate. In sure. It. A, that's yes. a better way to say it. Yes. So I could see also that for BC Soccer being look, we know some things are kind of dodgy or some people are choosing to skirt the rules or whatever and maybe they don't want those people. I don't know if they do. I don't I, I'm just this is my personal just thought as you bring this topic up, maybe they don't want, they want to avoid some of those people or some of that history or some of that way of doing things. Well, last thing on this, an interesting point about VMSL and just BC soccer in general and the quality of players and teams here. I was at Reno's Tigers, CCB, LFC United on Saturday afternoon watching the game. CCB, their team, Jordan Haynes Mm, playing. Quality. Centre-back pairing, Ellie Gindo, who had trials with Pacific. Ryan McCurdy, who was signed by Pacific, is now back playing VMSL. He's not coming back next year, right? No, he's been let go. Yeah. The Polisi brothers, who you imagine are going to end up in the in the CPL. They've got Caleb Clark, who wasn't playing it in this game. So stacked with talent. That team lost 1-0 to a team that's the only player, Connor McMillan, that you might know he played with TSS Rovers couple of seasons so you have to these are some of the best players in local soccer and yes a one-off game but this team has been struggling they did win 9-1 the week before but that was against a poor team we need to do something in this province to improve the quality of the players and we need top competition for it and I'm not sure the little things that I've heard about this BC League One so far that that is going to tick all these boxes in the in the early going that's something we'll, we'll delve into that okay. next year when we can talk yeah, a bit need, more about we, it. We need to talk more about that because yeah. I think I think a, a, a new and fresh start it might be a good way to go. And it, regardless, it of, would be, but you have to have the quality. 
Right. Okay, yeah. Fair. And you're only going to attract quality, I feel, if you're going to pay for quality. And I'm not sure that this is going to be a league that's paying for players. It could be an amateur league. So Similar to League One Ontario. Yes. Well, no, there there is measures for re- recompense there. Right. But just minor. But so this league to me should be in line with that. Yeah. And not 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 be I think that's what they're trying to do. Because it needs to be standardized yeah. across the but country. I think there's other folk pushing for more. Right, okay. But we'll talk about that in more depth next year. But that that was the week that was. That was the week that was. It's over, let it go. That was the week that was. It started way above par, finished way below. That was the week that was. Let us know how you like this new format. If it's quieter weeks again, we'll maybe do it again. I've I've enjoyed it. We've got to cover a lot of different things and jump a little bit all over the place, which I like to do. And let us know if you have the proper understanding that Sunday is the first day of the week. Monday might be the first day of the work week, but it's the first day of the week. Anyway, we'll be back with our Whitecaps of the Decade after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. We're going back to our roots this week on AFTN, which, funnily enough, brings us to that song, Steve. Yeah, it's called Guns Are Drawn by The Roots. Um, and the couple of reasons I put this on, because it's um, conversing about the Whitecaps a decade, everybody's got their guns out. And we're going back to our roots of MLS. Plus the hashtag caught, I realized, uh, afterwards, checking on it. Uh, yes. Call of Duty. Someone which... pointed that out to me the, this this week, so we're going to have a whole new audience yeah. with our, our COD hashtag. This is the same thing with the Grimsley Town thing. you yeah. got to check before you use it. But, well, judging by the hashtags you guys were trying to come up with earlier for, like, what week Monday starts. That was all and, Steve. Yeah. WSOS or WSOM. He's got it down. Yeah, now we've got it. But yeah, this part, we're going to be looking at the second part of our White Caps of the Decade. As we all hurtle another week closer to death, it's also another week closer to the end of the decade. Last week, we launched a new feature where we're going to pick our White Caps players and management of the 2010s. We've got our manager, Carl Robinson. We've got our goalkeeper. David Usted. So who else will make it into the starting eleven, and who'll be on the bench? This week we're looking at the defence, and we're going to pick our right back, left back, and two centre backs of the decade. Now remember, when we're debating this, there's two main criteria: pick with your head and not your heart, and what they did for the White Caps, not elsewhere. If things are close, you can maybe look at their all-round ability. I tweeted it out. mentioned the last week's show we're going to tweet out with our hashtag COD. 
And what a response. This was one of the best responses to, to stuff that we had for a long time. Just a lot of folk sending their votes in. We're going to kick things off with right back, which was a debate in itself. How do you list a football team? For me, it's right back, centre back, centre back, left back. Yeah. That's just how I was growing up. Uh, I because would do, number I two was always a right back. Number three was yeah, left back. I, three was a left back. I always go right back before left back. I think I usually go left back, the opposite of you, left, center, center. A lot of folk right. here seem to do that. Because left, left or right is how you write. You know what I mean? Like that's. I still do right back because I, whenever I, I do hockey too, I do right wing before left wing. Ah. So I, I, I think I do right back because of that. This started a whole debate as well on Twitter as to where this stemmed from. And it originally stemmed from the numbers that they were given. Right. Way back in the day, obviously a goalkeeper was number one. Yes. Right back was number two. Left, left back, back was, was three. three five four, and six, six were your centre backs. Although four and five sometimes with your six as a defensive midfielder in the the later stages. Nine was always your striker. Eleven and, and you, seven of the wingers. You still have your, your football managers talking about that. Like Mark DeSantos and Robo as well. He's like, oh, I'm looking for a six. I'm looking for an eight. I'm looking for a ten. I, I, I'm going to repeat this, but the the um, the best clip I've ever seen I heard on I the radio was when the morning show asked about formations and Robo went to, into this whole yes. diatribe about formations and then... Uh, number six played number four. Number like, he went all over the place, and those people had no idea what he was talking about at the end. Did of that. they not say something like, "I didn't know we needed a math degree"? Yeah, or yeah something to after, understand. After Robo got off the air, yeah. But yeah, it just it stems back from the old days, and it's back in the UK, and it's just something. When I do my match reports, I still do that as the, the right back first. So anyway. also, if some people don't know that, that also back I think up until the early nineties. That also dictated your number. Well, in yeah, s- in some places, yeah, because right? you didn't have squad you, numbers. You and have that, a, exactly. I mean, that's another thing that pisses me off in so, modern football. So, if you were the starting, if you were the starting uh, striker this week, you wore the number nine yeah. shirt. Yeah, yeah, like Fonzie wearing sixty-seven to me was ridiculous. And then, other than the fact that Marty gave it to him, so I don't mind I, that. I think that came from the the whole resident resident residency thing. What what because, did Pe- what was Pedro's number again? Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. Oh, yeah, like you've got some players like 88 they want as a number because they can't get eight so they want 88 and then you've got BWP at 99 because he couldn't get nine and uh, it just annoys me at, at what point are we going to have like 101 or 722 it all depends on what the numbers mean to the individual hmm. what, what number would you pick if you could pick any number as your squad number what would you pick for me personally yeah. Uh, the first time you're gonna laugh at this. The first number I ever wore in a football team was number ten. Oh, he's the ten we're looking be- for because I like I like Lothar Mateos. Oh. Uh, and then my the next year I wore eighteen because I like Jurgen Klinsmann. I go with thirteen or seven. Then I think I wore thirteen because of Rudy, Gerd Muller and Rudy Fuller. Now nah, number six would be uh, that's my lucky number. I've always been number six. We should play Lena Lovitch's lucky number song at this bit. Maybe I'll slip that into the podcast. Let's right. hear a little bit from Lena Lovitch just now. Okay, we're back from Lena Lovitch. (laughs) (laughs) 
Let's get on with this section because we're already overrun. Well, this is going to be a, this is going to be a short section, I'm sure. There's nothing to debate. No. Here. Okay, the, so right back. Yeah, this is our longest section of all the night. So yeah. Anyway, right back. This there is another one where it's <laughs> down to just a couple of names. Yes, it is because for some reason, the right back position and the white caps. They've not been happy bedfellows over the years. It's a position we've struggled to get some stability and quality in. Right-back roulette was a popular feature on AFTN back in the day as a result. But we have had a, some quality in there, maybe just not a lot. I, I think if we're looking at our white caps of the decade for that position, you've got to narrow it down to two main contenders, YP Lee, Stephen Betashore. And if we're wanting three nominations, which seems to be the way that you do it, Jake Nerwinski, I guess, you, you'd put in as well. He did not get any votes in the in the Twitter sphere, though. So I think we are really looking None. just at YP Lee and, and Stephen Betashore. None for Betashur. West Knight? None for West Knight. Oh, None for Jordan Smith. Fraser Aird didn't get any votes either. Oh, yeah, that would... You'd forgotten about him already, hadn't you? Well, he's also not... He's, like, not a really a right back. Yeah. So, YP Lee, he got the nominations from Ian Fisher, Aaron Campbell, Russell Beresford, Brenton at Caps Offside, Jake Nemich... Brian Benson, Rituro, Stewie Benjamin, Peter Hicken, Darnell, Oliver Kelly, and Craig Flammer. So that, those, that feels a little bit against the spirit of what you said. Because his time as a white cap, like the first season was pretty good. Yeah. The second season was not great. I remember that slim pickings in this category as well. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. I mean, 11, uh, 11, really 11 bad, folk bad went games. for YP Lee. He had two seasons that. in MLS. 66 appearances, 64 starts, one goal, 10 assists. So, I mean, a a right-back that's given you 10 assists in two seasons, you kind of grab that. That's what we've been lacking is, like, good penetration and good assists from our our full-backs. His goal was supposed to be an assist, too. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I was trying to think what his goal was. The free kick. (laughs) It was against Columbus. In Columbus. Stephen Betashore, like, YP Lee got 11 votes in the Twitter sphere. Stephen Betashore, he got votes from Mun Bagri, Fully Aroused, Spice Boy 1, CD Pryor, Dan Palmer, Chris Corrigan, Seven Botch Army, who said he has a vague recollection of Lee being good here, but he'd probably give the edge to, to Beta for longevity. Two years to two years. Yeah, he feels like he had some bad luck as well. And Brookwood FC, who said that Beta was reliable and helped the Caps run in the playoffs. So that was like eight votes for Beta. Now, Beta had, he's had 10 seasons in MLS altogether, two in Vancouver, 2014 and 15, replacing YP Lee. He made 56 MLS appearances, didn't get any goals and got eight assists. Who's your winner from those two? If you if you're taking like heart and sentiment out of it, I think you have to choose Beta just for how the team did. Uh, it's an individual award, though. No, but it's a team game, so you have to look at not just their individual stats and numbers. You have to look at how the team performed. He was Steve does not agree. He was a part of far more far more solid defensive units than uh, he contributed to far more defensive units than Lee did by far. Well, you look at Eistead's clean sheets as well. Yeah. The- that was Beta was a part of the, those two seasons of, or what season and a half, yeah. whatever it was. What would you be your oh, thoughts on Steve? Why Really? Yeah. 
Wow. Well, I'm not allowed to have an opinion on this? No, you can have an opinion. I just, I just, I'm surprised you're so definitive with why. Well, you were very definitive with the Beatty Shore. No, I, no, I rate, I rate uh, Lee Young Kill very highly and I I like him a lot. Yeah, so Um, I I rate Beatty Shore pretty high too, but uh, my pick is YP Lee. Also, Steve's noticing how long we've gone in this section and he's our time guy. So he wants to be like short and to the point. I've really gone back and forth on this and I'm going with Beta as well. I just feel. So how does this work? Do we just go with the people's vote or our just no, the three we, of us? No, we, we have the casting vote. Oh, okay. we, we take what people say into account. Because the people voted to, for Lee, right? Yeah, or, yeah Lee Young. Okay. But I, I, I'm going with Beta just because I feel... I just feel, like I said earlier, I, I didn't appreciate him fully when he was here. Yeah. And it's after he gone, you kind of saw the hole that was left. Yeah. And it was different when Lee went because Beta came in, so he didn't really so notice. So that's not real. That's a, that, you're, no, you're, but you're, you're, you're I, counting something against that nobody was able to replace But I was Beta. also going to say, with Lee, I didn't think Lee... I, I didn't rate Lee that highly when he was here. I was surprised he got 10 assists when I was looking back at his stats because yeah. it didn't feel he was that impactful no, for us. Because he was subtle and smooth in the way yeah. he played the game and you guys didn't That's notice true. it. Oh, no, but I, I see. I totally appreciate it. And I, as a, if we're talking about careers, uh, yeah, obviously I'd choose Lee. But I'm just talking about because I never saw him in his career, so I just talk about. I just briefly remember bits of him at the World the, Cup, the, bits of him with the Tottenham. one individual also made the comment too that Lee is not naturally a right back. Like he's right footed, yes, but he played most because of the career Lee left back. also did get some votes for left, left back, yeah. which we'll move on to now. Because again, not a not a plethora of options, but more than there was at right back. And for me, I see it narrowed down to Alan Rashat, Jordan Harvey. And you could maybe throw Ali Adnan in there for the discussion aspect if you wanted the three, or even YP Lee as left back. But it's between the first two for me. From the listeners' point of view, five listeners said Alan Rashat, Ian Fisher, Russell Beresford, Brian Benson, Peter Hicking, and Darnell. Jordan Harvey got the the more votes. Mun Bagri, fully aroused, Aaron Campbell, Chris Corrigan, Jake Nemich, Oliver Kelly, Brookwood FC, and Ben Cooper Whitecaps. Brookwood FC said that Harvey was an ambassador on and off the field. Three people, though, C.D. Pryor, Dan Palmer and Brenton, voted for YP Lee. And Ali Adnan got a few votes as well, even just after his brief one season. Rituro, Stu Benjamin, Seven Botch Army and Craig Flammer. Seven Botch Army said that Adnan's just better than everyone else. But, I mean, we've, we won't go into it all just now. But I like Adnan as a left wing back yeah. or a left winger. I do not like Adnan as a left back because I think his defensive frailties show up way too often. Yeah, that's fair. I also think those people maybe should go watch the more replays of the penalty versus was it Seattle? Oh, down in Seattle? No, up here. Not up here. Was it Seattle? Oh, LA. Maybe no, it was LA Galaxy. That was, was a nil nil game. LA Galaxy, maybe it was. The one where he oh, tried the to one chip. that he messed the Penenka. <laughs> oh, I thought he meant giving away a penalty. No, no. That's not defensive, though. No, but that, yeah. Now, that, Alan, that Mars is. Alan Rochat. He had two and a bit seasons in MLS with the Whitecaps, 2011 to 2013, 68 appearances, all but three of them were starts. He got five goals and three assists. Harvey has now 14 seasons in the league under his belt, seven with the Whitecaps, 183 MLS appearances with us, 10 goals, nine assists. Adnan, just under a season, 28 appearances, one goal, five assists. Who's your winner for left-back? For me, it's Alain Rochat. Uh, I'm going to concur with Steve on this one. Oh, see, I'm going for Jordan Harvey. 
What What's your feelings for Rashad? Just better technical ability? He's better. He was yeah. better. Um, and I think he made more of an impact. And he was better going forward and defensively, better two-way. Like Jordan Harvey had moments either way, but he also had moments where he was poor either way. Where I didn't see that very much of that in Alan Rochat's game. I'm going to concur with Steve on that. It, 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 Alan Rochat is a—he is just such a quality footballer, and you saw it when they played him in other positions, including center back. And I believe he played at least once at center mid at yeah. one point. Um, but yeah, he is just pure class. Like as a footballer, his technique, his ability—yeah, he he was amazing. He he was one of the, he was one of the best things. I think Tom that Tommy Soane did. I think he was responsible for that. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, no, I, think I think he was responsible yeah. for that. Even though even though he thought no one knew Alain Rochette, because the first time he told us about, it, he's like, "I'm bringing someone. He's Canadian, but he's not eligible for the national team anymore. You will never guess, whatever." And then it was like Alain Rochette. We're like, "Yeah, we watched the Champions League. We know Alain Rochette." <laughs> um, but uh, no, he by far was he a young boys as well. Would yes. he have played with late Sutton? after after, yeah, after. Oh, okay. he was at Zurich before that with with Eric Astley. But he um, Jordan Harvey, awesome dude, huge contributing, uh, huge contributions. His off the field stuff, I think, also wins him a lot of uh, respect from people yeah. and probably some of the people on that list. Ha- Harvey would have got my vote. So if we're going with the three of us, I'll bow down to you and we'll we'll go with Rashad. We probably we'll have a discussion about this. At the end of this section, because sure. we'll need to nail down for the we want to take in. Because if we go with what the the listeners thought, it's going to be Lee and Harvey, and if we go with what we've said, it's going to be Beta <laughs> and Rashad. So we're going against the listeners. Well, you can have the listeners. Uh, yeah, you can do two. Oh, oh, let's yes, do that. Let's yes, do let's that. do two. Let's you can make do, everyone happy. Yes, that's how we'll do it then. Okay, interesting. Because yeah, the listeners went for Harvey. Harvey in this one. Who did they go for in the other one? I can't remember. We'll come back to that. Anyway, Why be late? It's a late night. Centre backs now, just to round this section up. Now, this one is definitely open to debate, and there's a lot of contenders, and a lot, I guess, is going to go down to what you want from a centre back, what you expect from a centre back. Are, are you wanting, like for me, I like a, a centre back that is a rock defensively first and foremost. I want leadership. I want the ability to marshal the back line and to, to be vocal. If he can pop up with some goals from set pieces or wherever, all the better. That's like a cherry on the top. But what do you look for in a centre-back? A lot of what you said, you're, uh, especially the the leadership qualities. you got to have a leader that's a centre-back because he's basically... the. I, I personally think he's the connection to the whole team. Like, he, he'll... He, he talks to the midfield and he talks to the keeper. I think those are the two most important connections because when the four when it gets up to the fours, there's very little talking and you're actually just going forward, right? So I think that's a very important part. Um, and I and he like you said, he, he keeps the full backs in line and everything like that. And you need somebody physical, and I think that's that's my main things. I would rate uh, offensive contribution higher than you mentioned here in this, Michael, because you're part of a team and expect like typically in football, especially on set pieces. Defenders are one, usually one of the targets. Like your center backs are usually one of the targets because typically they're some of your taller, better headers of the ball, and so they're like, so a center back should be contributing in that or or drawing in other players and making space for your other big players or whatever. But so or decoying or whatever. Um, that was one of the good, that was one of the things where Jordan Harvey did actually excel. Is he they they set things up because they knew he was good enough in the air. They'd isolate him. They 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 make everyone think the ball was going to the big center backs or the big the big other players on the team, and then they isolate him at the back post 
where he won a lot of headers and scored a lot of goals, like Portland away, for mm. example. Um, so for me, the, especially with center backs, the offensive goal contribution does play probably a bigger role than you stated at the beginning. We, we got votes for a number of different players in this category. The, the one that got the most votes, and I was a little bit pleased to see it, but surprised as well, was Kendall Waston. He got Poppy. 14 votes. Because I talked about this earlier, the way he left the club, I did wonder if it had maybe but some you, folks' you opinions But you told people to take their heart out of it. Yeah. Him. So, I mean, that was good. Ian Fisher, fully aroused, Spice Boy 1, Chris Corrigan, Russell Beresford, Jake Nemich, Brian Benson, Rituro, Peter Hicken, Seven Botch Army, Oliver Kelly, Brookwood FC, Craig Flama, and Ben Cooper White Cats. They went for Kendall. Brookwood FC said strong and entertaining leader in the backfield. Seven Botch Army said he had a, a few really good seasons here. Kendall Watson, I think for me, is one of my, my picks. I, I have him in. I'm in too. Hands down. Okay, yeah. so we're, we're all agree we've got I'm him. actually surprised. I thought it would be difficult, uh, a more difficult decision. It came pretty easy for me when I saw this. Yeah, teams. you know, I did as well. And then when I thought about it, yeah. Ken, I, I had the other one down to two. So Tim Parker got three nominations. Ian Fisher, Munn Bagri and Chris Corrigan. Andy O'Brien got ten. Of, of those three for Chris, oh, sorry, of those three for Tim Parker, Ian Fisher, Chris Corrigan, and did Mount Mun Mun Bagri Mun Bagri went for Andy O'Brien as well. Okay, so those other two, they went, I wonder if they went for Kendall the, the, and yeah, Parker, the Parker together. Boston, yeah, that was probably our best centre back pairing because I think each one made each other better. Yeah. It's that thing: the combined parts is better than the two oh, yeah. separate things. Andy O'Brien got 10 votes. Munbagri, Aaron Campbell, Russell Beresford, Steve Matthews, Jake Nemich, Brian Benson, Stewie Benjamin, Peter Hicken, Darnell, although he said he thinks Kamiri will replace him <laughs> in 2020. I wouldn't laugh. No, Kim, no. I'm high on Kamiri. No, I, well, lots of people are high on Kamiri because they need to be. But it'll be a brand new decade. And it's, at some point, I'm going to actually get around to transcribing my interview with him and putting that up on the site. And Oliver Kelly went for Andy O'Brien as well. Jaden Merritt got eight votes. Fully aroused, C.D. Pryor, Dan Palmer, Rituro, Seven Botch Army, Brookwood FC, Craig Flama and Ben Cooper Whitecats. Daniel Henry got one, Spice Boy one. Alain Rochat got three votes as centre-back. C.D. Pryor, Dan Palmer and Darnell. Derek Cornelius was Aaron Campbell's choice and Stu Benjamin went for Eric Godoy. Chris Corrigan said that his heart says Lee, Demerit, O'Brien and Rashat as what he'd like as but his that's not, what he, that's not what he voted with his head no. so Waston four and a half seasons with the Caps 2014 to 18 120 MLS appearances 15 goals five assists was captain he's our guy we've all picked him so he's one of them before you reveal who you've got is your other selection between Parker O'Brien and Demerit yes, yes. okay you I, I, thought, I thought it would you yeah, too yeah, yeah. Okay. so Parker it's not Eric Godoy <laughs> I like Godoy oh yeah but he's one year and, yeah yeah Parker, five seasons in league, three with the Caps, 2015-17. 81 appearances in MLS, one goal, but did get lots of goals in every other competition yeah. going, and two assists. Andy O'Brien, two and a half seasons with the Caps, 51 MLS appearances, no goals, one assist, he had injuries. Demerit, four seasons in the league, 2011-14, he was hit by injuries. 72 overall MLS appearances. One goal, one assist. He was captain as well. A little bit slow at the end. He packed it in when I think he felt the game had maybe moved on a little well, bit from him. The injury. He didn't, yeah. want, he didn't want to go through the, re, the rehab. And... So who, who's, your, who's your partner of Kendall back there? Do you want to go first? or O'Brien. 
I once again will concur with Steve that I would choose Andy O'Brien. I've gone for O'Brien as well. The only thing that put me a little bit off was he didn't have much offensive output. But as I said, that to me, you want a solid defensive guy. So I think if you're playing with a Kendall Waston, he can be the guy that goes up and causes all that stuff in the box. And you've got a guy that can hang back a little bit as well. The thing about Andy O'Brien, too, was I feel like he was a little bit unfortunate. He should have had some goals uh, from set pieces. Yeah. He should have had more appearances as well, but he had some, some injuries. injuries. But he also drew players because of his... Was he like 6'4"? Yeah, drew- well, his experience as well. Folk yeah. like, oh, it's Andy O'Brien. Yeah, to exactly. mark him. He drew people and made made like going to Harvey at the back post an option. He was one of those guys. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, yeah. I agree with you that it would have obviously would have been nicer if he had some goals in there for Vancouver to make that uh, more uh, even bolster his uh, him as a pick more. But uh, yeah, so is that the same as the fans? Yeah, the, the fans. The, the most votes were O'Brien and Waston as well. So it's just the fullbacks that Sh- we had some disagreements. Shout out to Jay Demer because whatever you want to say, also off the pitch, when you talk to Jay Demer and hang out with Jay Demer, like you just get. An appreciation. He loves for, football. He, yeah, he loves the game. He lives and breathes it. And he wanted to, and he really wanted to be a part of making uh, the the Vancouver Whitecaps MLS era as meaningful as possible, and 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 bring the 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 culture of football to the community in a deeper way. And I think he did that in some way. And he's still and, involved with TSS Rovers. He's on their board, so yeah. he has a big input yeah. in there because he started off playing PDL. When he was out of college, he was playing there, and then he went to non-league. It's a great story. He'll be on our bench. And he, and he found love on the snow, too. Yes, he did. Yeah. Our Twitter chats took a, an unusual turn as well this week, which was quite good, because listeners and readers started tweeting the Whitecaps duds of the decade, which I quite liked as well. And I'll just read you some of these quickly. Oh, and yeah. that, this might be something that we can maybe do in the Christmas show or end of year show. We'll pick our, our duds of the decade. Chris Corrigan said, he, he was nice, he went with the anti-choice of Smith, Rusin, Rodriguez and Leathers. Brad, I didn't think Leathers was a left back though. No, he's not. But And I would not, Brad Rusin, there's worse players. Yeah, there's than worse set of backs than Brad yeah. Rusin. I quite liked Brad Rusin. I didn't mind him. Ben Cooper Whitecats, he had Clazura, Bonjour, Janicki and Sampson. I, I think that's hard. Was Samson known also not a right back? He was as yeah. well. But he could play left side. I think that's a little bit harsh on some of those people. Let's put it that way. Well, if you think that's harsh. Joe Deasy. Joe Deasy. Smith, Jacobson, Leveron, and Levi's. Now, obviously, Jacobson's, Jacobson's not, not a centre back. But he played Le- there a lot. But yeah. yeah. Le- Leveron was an interesting one because I'd actually forgotten all about G- Johnny <laughs> Leveron until Joe Deasy tweeted that. And Brett Levi's, I, I'm guessing the fact that he couldn't make it to the end of games is possibly why, why Joe's picked that. Def Curry, at Aman Ledoux, said, Everyone else can give you the best ones. I'll give you the ones who I enjoyed most for the wrong reasons. And he had Greg Clazura at right back, Carlisle Mitchell and Martin Bonjour as the centre-back pairing, and a left-back... I'm I'm assuming it's Alfonso Davies because we didn't see Phil Davies there. He just said Davies, but Alfonso Davies, not the best left back we've had, but not the worst yeah, by a long way. But again, he also provided so much. Back, he's yeah. not left back, and he provided so much going yeah. forward. So that was our defensive ones. Next week we're going to look at the midfield, and this is where it's going to get a little bit tricky because I'm going to just throw it out to people to nominate up to four 
best midfielders. And we'll kind of take it from there. So it could be centre midfielders, left, right midfielders, defensive midfielders, attacking midfielders, but not left wingers, right wingers, or folk you would think more as attacking players. And it's gonna it's gonna possibly Well, we're playing a four two three one, so you're saying this is just the two Well, we might not end up with four we'll just see what players I'd get say nominated. Four, four, two is I think four for two might make it a bit easier for us. Or four three three. Oh yeah, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. So, so, so we're gonna say let's do three midfield, sign a central guys. Give us three or four midfielders that you'd like to see as white caps of the decade. We all know Jim Marcus, Marcus Davidson will be one of those, <laughs> and we'll be back with the final part of this week's show after this. Hi, I'm Johnny Russell, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. I gave you my heart And the very next day You gave it away This year To save me from tears I gave it to Johnny Russell <laughs> Yeah Played Johnny before that song Because that's what I want All I want for Christmas Is Johnny Russell in a white cap strip He doesn't have to sign for us Just a picture of him in a white cap strip I'll- That'll do the trick for me do you want shorts too, or just a shit kit? <laughs> oh, oh, no, shorts would be even better, yeah. Oh. Like, when you get older, it's like sometimes you just need these things. <laughs> anyway, you're back listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. Steve getting in early with the Christmas songs. I well, thought I'd start off this December. Yeah. We can start December. I, I don't like it in November, the songs. But no. In, once December 1st hits, which is... When we started recording, it's December second now. Do you guys, you oh, no, still December first. Yeah, it just feels like it's December second. Do, do you guys, uh, do you guys decorate or do any of that yeah. kind of stuff? Yeah, why are you going up today? I, I we were going to do our tree today, but then we got caught up doing other stuff we with a star right on top. And, oh. oh, see, I don't put a star on the top. I put a snowman or a reindeer. Oh, yeah, oh, that's good. Hmm. But yeah, we'll kick off our month of Christmas stuff. I'm really looking forward to our Christmas show this year. We're going to be on at nine o'clock. Who knows how long we'll go for? Talking of music, I guess we were. It's wavelength time now, my favourite part of the show. And as you know, we like to pay tribute to death on this show. We've already had it with the Buzzcocks earlier tonight. Steve had Spirit of the West last week. November 28th marked the three-year anniversary of the 2016 plane crash that killed 71 people, carrying Brazilian club Chapuchenzi 
their players, officials, journalists. They were heading to the Copa Sudamerica finals in Colombia. Six survived, devastated the team. And, I mean, the club's done so well to, to kind of rebuild from that. A year later in 2017, one of our favourite bands here for Wavelength, London band The Cockney Rejects, they did a charity tribute song to Chapachenzi, and they sang it all in Portuguese. This is it. Shepherd, our inside. 
Anthony rejects there from 2017. Chapachense. My best Cockney accent. What you got there? Some CDs? Yeah, I found... <laughs> it was nearly late coming back to, to do this link because I saw a box marked free and it had CDs in it. So obviously the Scotchness in me took over and I've grabbed myself a couple of free punk CDs. I will listen to these on the, the way home. Anyway, now it is time for BC Soccer Baby Headline. And if you don't know by now, this section is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for local, national and international news, reviews, stories, articles, features and everything you can shake a stick at. Make it part of your daily routine, morning and noon and night. Check out bcsoccerweb.com and I'm pretty sure there's been a lot on that site that's been catching Steve's eye this week. Well, a little bit here and there. Uh, we'll limit it to like the best, uh, not the best, but the four articles I saw that were interesting. Hey, it's um, only 11.30. Let's go for it. Man City uh, owners have made Mumbai City the eighth club in their global portfolio. Uh, they've agreed to take a 65% stake in the Mumbai City FC in the Indian Super League. Other uh, leagues they have partnerships with, not complete uh, you know, ownership of, is in the United States with New York City FC, Melbourne City in Australia, Yokohama F Marinos in Japan, Club Atletico Torque in Uruguay, Jureño in Spain, and Sichuan Jinui in China. Yeah, so like we were talking about, I think they actually own a controlling stake in five of those, and the other ones they have a significant stake in. The one that's interesting is Girona there in Spain, where they own like 44 point whatever percent, and then... Pair Guardiola owns another 44 point whatever percent. Oh. And Pair is, of course, Pep's bro- mm. brother. So it's like they really run the club. I really want to know now what the F stands for in Yokohama F Marinos. Maybe they're not a big fan yeah. of Marinos. Maybe they get called a bunch of Fers. Yeah. Um, next story here. Uh, uh, we'll get you in the Christmas spirit. FIFA bans African soccer official for suspected war and crimes. <laughs> Christmas. Uh, <laughs> there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas. Oh. Band Aid sang. Patrice Edward uh, Nagasona uh, was banned for six years and eight months. I don't know what. I guess it's, That's very specific, yeah, isn't I know. it? Uh, I guess they didn't like the six months I usually like. Um, uh, for By FIFA ethics judges on Thursday for charges including discrimination and failing to protect, respect, or safeguard integrity and human dignity. He's suspected of war crimes in 2013, so it took a little while for them to figure out. And 2014, as leader of the Christian anti-Balaka militia, which targeted Muslims. And he was part of uh, the FIFA uh, Club World Cup uh, of course uh, he was. A committee that brought together all that as well. It's just like all these things. That, I mean... But FIFA has no issues. No. FIFA's I mean, great now. The the joke was always, oh, FIFA's so corrupt, blah, blah, blah. And then all these things started to happen. And then it just, it's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. Speaking of more corruption, Russia is, uh, a loophole is keeping clear of the WADA ban demands for Euro 2020. Uh, WADA, which is the World Anti-Doping Agency, mm. um, their Compliance Review Committee has recommended Russia be banned from hosting and competing in major international events. Luckily for Russia, the UEFA Euros are not considered a major event organization due to it only being concerned with one sport. So because of that, <laughs> they get joke. away with it. But FIFA has mentioned that they will look into what WADA has uh, suggested and they might 
But, uh, but here's what the, a load of rubbish. But here's the thing, though: if they, if they, if that happened, they would still play, but under like a different flag or whatever, right? Like a. They I don't know. No, this time know, they might not do anything. They, I don't think they that could was do a, that. That was a last second. Well, that thing, was Olympics. So, yeah, yeah, that, that was Olympics, yeah. but it was also a last second thing where they allowed it to happen because it was unfair. But if they cut people off right like two years before, yeah. then they're not going to do anything about it. Uh, last story we have here uh, is Zlatan Ibrahimovic. We don't know where he's going to play, but it looks like he's become a part owner of Swedish club Hammarby. Uh, he's been announced as a part owner of the Swedish club, uh, confirmed on Wednesday. Unfortunately, it didn't go over when, well in Malmo, where he started his career. A statue of the striker outside Malmo Stadium was vandalized with a toilet seat. <laughs> and it's been reported that the club fans have started a petition for his monu- for the monument's removal as well. Well, it's actually, it's worse than that. I don't know if you saw... Well, that's what it was in this article, so you can update more. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure U.S. journalists said his career had gone down the toilet when he left MLS anyway. No, it was actually, what, what, uh, what I saw was, it wasn't just the toilet seat, it was the... Uh, I think it was in Malmo. They uh, they spray painted the statue in part, and then they wrote some racist things on the ground in front of the statue. Oh. Yeah, which was I think something it translated to like death of gypsies or death to gypsies, because that's part of Zlatan's identity, right? And so it was like very very disturbing. Oh. Um, so it, yeah, it, it seems like this might be one of the times where uh, football support and passion has crossed has crossed the line. There. But it could be a small faction. I'm sure. Oh. I'm sure it's a big faction not one mm-hmm. not happy with it, but the small faction bringing that part into it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the case is. So, but yeah, because this he, is like to finish the show on a on a downwards. Well, yeah. <laughs> Well, Malmo's where... That's why, that's why I tried to end it with this one yeah. instead of the uh, the I war mean, crimes thing. Made, made my nice joke about going down the toilet and then Zach's in with the it is heavy we- hitter. No, but it is weird that he wouldn't... Like, there wouldn't be an opportunity for him to do this kind of ownership thing with Malmo because that's his club, right? Like, that's where he started. That's where he played his youth career, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And Hammerby is like, yeah, like a rival or whatever, or, or at least a rival Swedish side. Uh, it's where G- Gersh has played there at, at Hammerby. But so it's it, it, that's a little bit weird. Hmm. Anything more uplifting to finish the show with, Steve? No, it was good. That's all the headlines. <laughs> did you Did you learn anything from tonight's show? I should end with the uh, war crimes instead yeah. of the last. He just thought that'd have been the funner story. <laughs> oh, the war crimes! That was sad. No, but I did learn that uh, not only was it difficult to find out what to start off with the right or the left, but Sunday or Monday. Yeah, I, I I've learned that uh, Zach doesn't know what. Days of the week are, I've and learned, what weekends are. I've learned that you guys are living under the illusion that Monday is the first actual first day of the week. Well, remember, tweet Zach and let him know how wrong he is. And just so they can do that, let everyone know where they can find you online. It's, it's at Zachary AM. Hashtag WSOS or hashtag WSOM. Um, and I can find you at White House Beat. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFT in Canada, on Instagram at AFT in Soccer, and on YouTube at AFT in Canada. Give us a like and a subscribe and all the stuff that the young kids tell you to do in all their videos. We'll be back next week. Let us know how you like this new format as well. But until then, thanks for listening. I take care and mourn Hoover. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.